Hi there. I have two things for you at the start. First, I want to remind you that we will be at the Portland Retro Games Expo 2018 here coming up in October. Uh, it appears the dates are the 19th to the 20th and the 21st. We'll have a table. We'll be doing a live show. We would love to see you in lovely Portland, Oregon. Second, I would like to thank Noah LeBlanc, John Hacker, Frickin, BF1989, and Andrew Peck. Those five people all went to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, gave a certain amount of money, and we're thanking them for doing that. And you can be like them by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Now let's go feel good. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Callahan's Crosstime Saloon, which is an adventure game developed by Legend Entertainment and published by Take-Two Interactive for the PC in 1997. Yeah. First Legend game. Uh, yeah. I, I never yeah. really played anything by them before, but you have nice things to say about the studio. They're good. Yeah. They do like their whole thing is that this is an adaptation. Their whole thing is, ad- uh, you know, adapting work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played several of their games, some of which without even uh, realizing it. <laughs> so and I found out in researching this that they uh, this came about because they were trying to make an adventure game series based on my favorite uh, B-level fantasy series, the Belgariad. Oh, David Edding's books, which would have been phenomenal. Do you like that uh, series because it has your name in it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually the the belgary butterfield okay cool yeah the, uh, the, uh, the, the whole thing um yeah the, the character's named garyan which is like a real uh fantasification of my name hmm. you know garyan oh, yes garyan garyan butterstrong it adds a lot more dignity than the name gary usually confers which is good gary gary's the least dignified name so the, the mr show had the fart and gary sketch <laughs> it's, it's not a very dignified name at all but garyan yeah. You know, mm. Orko Ryan. Strong. Well, yeah. Lead people to their death and they will willingly yeah. follow. Like for a name that means spear. Hmm. Like spear carrier. It just seems like it should have more dignity. And yeah. That's the kind of thing Gary and I feel like could give me. Yeah. It confers that, I think. Yeah. If I were to change my name <laughs> to, 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 to Gary and Buttermite or something like that. Buttercrunch. Yeah, that, that's, that's too delicious. That's, a, that's mildly Ooh. delicious for Gary, a name change. Gary, Gary and Butterfinger. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't want Gary and Butterfinger. That's a, that's like that's like a like a charming thief. I mean, that's yes. a, that's another direction I could take my life. It's a little too late for me to be choosing a class. I think, <laughs> I think I'm stuck. Yeah. yeah, at this point, you're doing you're prestige or nothing. Yeah, yeah. The, the prestige class of podcaster is just like you know probably barista. So like, <laughs> I got to look forward to the um. Uh, anywho, um, 
1997, Take Two Interactive. Uh, this is the specific request from our patron who chose uh, Auteur Adventure Game Month. Mm-hmm. Um, when you choose a month uh, through our Patreon, you also get to choose a specific game for that month. Uh, so Nick chose this, and yeah. I'm really glad he did I, because I heard about this and probably would never have played it without this, and I love it. This is so good. I can't thank Nick enough for bringing this to our attention. Um, I ne- uh, So I, I had only barely heard of this before, like just flipping through that Kurt Collada Hardcore Gaming 101 Adventure Game book. Um, but I had no idea that this would be just 100% in my pocket from a subject matter yeah. point of view. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like, I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, you know, and it's, it's what we'll get into it. It's as far as like an adventure game goes, like a, a wireframe adventure game goes, it is, you know, like a B, yeah. you know, kind of tops out. Like, it's not great as far as that, but adventure games aren't really, you know, the thing I'm learning through Auteur Adventure Game Month is that like, it's a lot easier for me to appreciate kind of charm or soft elements in the, in a genre that you can bypass any part you want, yes. you know? So like there's one fully one fifth of this game. That's inexcusably bad. <laughs> I think is one of the worst segments in an adventure game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I could just be like, okay, this is awful. I'm just going to look up a, a step-by-step to do list to like watch this part as an interactive movie. Right. <laughs> like just made it not harm my experience very much. Right. You know? So it's like, it doesn't mean again, like it doesn't mean that wasn't there. It doesn't mean it's not, uh, for consideration, but mm-hmm. it just means that the highs just like don't get marred down. Yeah, you know, like and the highs are everywhere. Yeah, the the, like, the the highs are everywhere, and they just kind of snap together around that terrible episode in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I did right in the middle, and I was very scared, was just going to be how things were. <laughs> like, oh, this this is one of those games with a strong beginning. Right, right. You know, and uh, it's not. No. Um, so in this game, uh, you spend you play as a character named uh, Joke uh, or <laughs> jo- Joke, joke Stainbender. Yeah, Stain, Stain Bramber, uh, Jake Stonebender, uh, who is a folk singer and a patron of a place called Callahan's Place, a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of the night, you help out all of your friends yeah. uh, in the bar, kind of on their individual uh, bugbears. Yeah. Um, so this is based on a series of books called Callahan's Place uh, by an author named Spider Robinson. Uh, this is a series of books about this special bar where people from across time and space kind of gather to share their stories. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the actual, um, Callahan's place is the name of the bar. Yes. The name of the series is Callahan's cross time saloon. Okay. I was Sorry. confused on that matter. Yeah. Um, so this, and it's kind of like one of those like restaurant at the end of the universe kind of things like time and space all converge here. So mm-hmm. you get a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and so the, it's, Primarily a comedy series, but there's also this kind of philosophical underpinning, uh, underpinning to the whole thing yeah. uh, they use, which which calls, uh, and this is, as far as I know, an original observation, um, or at least the name for it is, is the law of conservation of pain, which is shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased, thus we refute entropy. Yes. The, uh, the, the, the idea being that share and pain are completely interchangeable and do not actually adhere to any kind of physical law that might be attached to it. Right. Yes. It is it is something sublime that is human um and kind of places an emphasis on sharing and empathy and uh kind of a uh distribution of burden, which is yes. kind of what this entire thing is all about. It is an incredibly optimistic series, and that is on Front Street in this game. In in a way that is very specific to like the seventies. Yes. Like the time that it came out. It has that feeling to it. And I'm I'm gonna make a bold claim. 
Um, I think this game does more for like the power of friendship and caring than any JRPG I've ever played. Oh yeah. I think this illustrates that idea that, that I've always kind of mocked because it is just an annoying cliche that comes in the last minute, <laughs> you know, like there are exceptions, right? Like there are times where I really believe relationships in this, but I think that these relationships and situations are more believable. This game is actually about it. It's not uh, kind of mucked up with space gods mm-hmm. and stuff. Like when we well, get to the end I mean, of this, there are space I mean, gods. Don't be, don't be. But it, yeah, it, it, it is mucked up with space gods. So it's not mucked up with space gods. Uh, right, the space right. gods, instead of just destroying everything and doing evil, yeah. like they are in opposition to the theme. Mm-hmm. So at the end of this, when they start, it becomes very clear. Like, I mean, it comes clear before this, but at the end of this, when they start just kind of staying like, Hey, the theme of this is that by helping people out and making them laugh, like you're actually fighting the good fight. And mm-hmm. that's the important thing about life. Right. I just find it more believable and touching than like any RPG I've played like that has that theme. Yes, it is. It. It's it is not so good. <laughs> it is not the, uh, the, the, the science project that, you know, you, you, you make on the way to the bus, you know, the rocks yes. of rainy street. Like it's, you know, the, 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 the thesis isn't presented just as like a, as, as a default or like a, you know, a government mandated PSA. It is the underlying structure of everything about this. It is every what, interaction. Yeah. You do. It, it is what makes what happens at Callahan's place special is this openness and accepting and kind of being willing to help and share in here. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. Like I, I just, I just love it, you know, as a, and I think that it is something too, where this is an adaptation. Um, it's an adaptation only in terms of setting and tone. Mm-hmm. Like these specific stories weren't from books, which I didn't realize when I first started playing. I thought right. this was like, Oh, it's the first book. It's not, these are all just, you know, the uh, Josh Mandel, uh, saying, Hey, uh, what would be five extra stories that would be in this universe right. that kind of take this, uh, this whole theme. I think that even, uh, this also gains a lot from being a game Yes, in that respect. Like the struggles you're doing are just adventure game, kind of standard adventure game stuff. But the fact that I actually had to like do it and go solve puzzles and go help out the people did like lend a sense of investment. Yeah. So it wasn't just like a bunch of charming, good characters that I liked on display it was a bunch of good, charming characters on display that I felt invested in because I helped them out yeah. and did this game part. Like yeah. the two things talk to each other well. Yeah, like you are uh, walking into their world and their situation and thinking through their problem in a way mm-hmm. that reveals what these individual characters value in a very strong way. It's, it's That's the definition of like empathy, right? Like right. that's what, you know, looking, putting yourself in their position and trying to like, you know, sympathize with them mm-hmm. is what, you know, that the, the act of, of being kind to, to your fellow person is. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I cannot say how much I'm wondering where this has been all my life in, in I, kind of a way. Like I, I've not been aware of it. And for me as you know, I, I guess I was never that cynical, but like as somebody who, as I get older comes to, comes to value a sense of idealism and cannot really get rid of it to see uh, something this optimistic that also plays around in you know, some pretty deep pain, right? Like the, you know, you reach yeah. some depths in this, like just, uh, that, that sets up that contrast in a very sweethearted kind way that emphasizes, you know, these things that we've been talking about, like that is, I don't know. It's like a puzzle piece that just kind yeah. of like latches right on. Like, I, I love this. Yeah. Me, me too. Yeah. Like, and it's not something like, you know, I don't, uh, I have a, a degree of cynicism that I don't think is going anywhere. I think this is a, it feels good because it is, uh, you know, there's always been the good part, mm-hmm. you know, there's always been the good thing that, that I value. And this values the same thing. Like yes. I've always had to, uh, you know, not 
you know, when people talk about kind of, uh, you, you know, your values and I try to explain that, like when I meet somebody or I'm going to be close to somebody, that person being funny and also thinking I'm funny is incredibly important. Yes. And that sounds like an ego thing or entertainment thing, but it's not right. Like if you go, you know, if you are hanging out with somebody and they're trying to make jokes, uh, and it's appropriate, like they're not like, you know, doing it in, in inappropriate ways, but they're doing it just kind of in general. Like that's a profoundly kind thing. Like it's a yeah. kind thing to try to make somebody laugh. Like mm-hmm. that is a good way to make the world less terrible. Yeah. For them. And that's like all of my best friends, like, uh, you know, all of my close relationships in life have been based around that, like have been based around like, oh, it's a hoot, you know, yeah. like we, you know, we hang out and, it, it, you know, goof each other off <laughs> a whole bunch, you know, we just, get, we just goof we just each do, other do, off. We just do, do soggy goofy. <laughs> and like, the, the, um, and, and that's, uh, you know, and then the shows on the network and like everything about my being is right. related to the theme of this game. Yeah. I mean, you know? it just, and, and, you know, another one of those themes that becomes important, you know, very important to the last chapter though, you know, the whole wrap up to this is that humor isn't just a part of language, that humor is a language mm-hmm. of its own, right? It is something yeah. of infinite redeeming value. And all of the things it can do, yeah. you know, they talk about just like, oh, this is an incredibly versatile, uh, like kind of posture, mm-hmm. uh, and it can, it can do X, it can do Y. And it's this idea that that is the unique thing to, to humanity, mm-hmm. uh, is just very like resonant, yeah. you know, in a way that's really cheesy, but actually really got to me. Yeah. No, like I've got tingles right now. Like the, like yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the, the hair on my arm is standing on end, uh, you know, just kind of thinking about just how how well that encapsulates a value that I didn't quite know how to how to vocalize before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like really, really good shit <laughs> with that. Like I have th- I have that feeling of, you know, oh, where has this been all my life? I do like I want to check out the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about them. They've come recommended. I do think that the game version of this has a lot to recommend it yes. specifically because like it's individually funny has kind of like slightly different writing. But also I do think that buy in. Yeah. help. So like, I'm also feel like very good about just this on its own. Like I want to explore more, but I also want more people to play this yes. specifically. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the game and a <laughs> part of it, um, which is pretty, pretty basic. Like legend didn't have a really strong mechanical identity, right? Uh, their, their identity was mostly based around their subject matter. Um, so this is a pretty stock standard adventure game. Um, you play it from first person, um, and each screen, you have a 360 degree panorama uh, around you. Mm-hmm. And each uh, kind of item in the world, these kind of hotspots have a series of verbs associated with them. Yeah. Um, so you can uh, kind of choose those. Uh, but it's not very item and puzzle focused. Like in any given screen, there's maybe only one or two things you actually interface with in a non-flavorful way. Yes. And everything else is an incredibly dense accretion of interactable objects that are cubby holes or, you know, really just a buffet of jokes. Yes. Like the, 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 the entire purpose of this game is to pack it as densely with, with jokes as possible. Yes. And not every joke is good, of course, but a, a large percentage, you know, a percentage of them lands. And with so many jokes, like there's just like a bunch of, there are a lot of like laugh out loud moments and then like many, many kind of smile out loud moment, mm-hmm. smile out loud moments. Yeah. Not smile out loud Mona. She's not, <laughs> honestly. The, uh, I like her. She plays on Tuesday nights down at the, uh, down at the, the smile out loud hole. Mona. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, so like you just kind of, it just becomes kind of a pleasure to exist 
in this world, mm-hmm. um, just hanging out and looking at everything. And the authorial voice to it is really well written mm-hmm. and very uh, comfortable. Yes. Like it just feels good to be in the headspace of this game. And it's really easy to get into this this voice uh, that things are described in um, and just kind of inhabit it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it was really hard for me to be in a hurry in this game, which is unusual for me because like I, you know, yeah. I, I am I favor faster paced things in this game. It was very easy for me to just like camp out. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I got a screen, like I just want to look at everything and just kind of exist with this voice. Yeah. I'm mousing around for hotspots, hot right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so th- that density becomes something that is distinct about the play of this, you know, because each screen is so loaded with, uh, interactable things, it becomes almost like a hidden object game to determine what is going to be important. So not only are you poking around in order to, in order to get these jokes, you're also like mousing for hotspots to see, you know, if this one thing that's kind of a minor element in this incredibly visually busy scene is going to be the thing that is necessary to proceed. Well, and the, the, the nice thing is like you have your adventure game kind of standard, like you take everything and mm-hmm. the game makes fun of you for this, you know, oh, yeah. pretty early on, but you have that. And the nice thing is there's no generic, like, I don't need that right now message. Yeah. So like, if you try to take something, you'll at least make, they'll make some kind of joke if you yeah. can't take it. <laughs> so, you know, it seems exhausting to go through that, but if you are on board mm-hmm. with this flavor, even the, the failures to interact end up being amusing. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's little risk involved. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is a very visually pleasing game. This is some of the most yeah. detailed 2D sprite work that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, the characters are rendered, you know, they they, they look like real-life cartoon characters. <laughs> um, even, you know, not just the uh, the robots and aliens and such, but even just the, re- the regular people. But they are rendered in a kind of, in a kind of photorealistic kind of fashion. It's, yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. It's a really neat-looking kind of thing like even just like the the, the sprites are really large yes um, very large inc- incredibly detailed they have kind of limited animation loops mm-hmm. but everything is on this limited an- animation loop yeah that gives you this kind of sense of being like looking in on a diorama yeah like a mobile diorama of this place that's a very good a uh, very good way to state it um there's also like and the other reason is there's kind of this sense of like parallax to it yes like um every scene has individual kind of layers it looks like mm-hmm. you know and with all of them moving so it's feels neat yeah. uh, in that respect um, and does look really good. And a bunch of the people look like they, you know, they're clearly based on real people mm-hmm. uh, there. Yeah. Um, I cannot get over how the time cop looks like Piper Laurie from Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. The, um, and the, the, the uh, uh, doc uh, has a voice and look that makes me think he's a character actor. And I looked him up on IMDb and couldn't find anything. So mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's uh, pretty much how you get through the puzzles. There's also a couple like cutaway puzzle things. Yeah. This game has more than, than one of which are mixed bags, I think. Um, and in general, the, the, the puzzle content is mixed bags. We'll talk about that as it comes up. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the game is split up into six kind of vignettes, um, which uh, a couple of which, like I said, are very bad, but you can do them mostly any order. And that breaks up the pacing as well, yes. really well, and gives you different uh, settings, which yeah. is really nice. Like you don't have the same kind of metaphor for everything. Right. So it can, it can, it can play, it can play an idea out and it, and the rest of the game is not beholden to you having been there. Yes. Um, you know, like not everything relies on Squish's satellite and Squish's I, I satellite wish, doesn't rely on anything else. I wish more adventure games did this. Yes. As well, a thing, because it ended up being like a very nice, like nugget of play. Like this is kind of a longer game 
for the genre. Yeah. Like it's kind of of its time. Originally they wanted to do 10 scenarios. <laughs> I'm very bad. glad they did not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a longer game. So sitting down and doing one of those is not, you know, it's longer than like a telltale episode, mm-hmm. you know, generally. Uh, but it is nice to have them broken up and just be like, this is a good stopping point. I, I solved mm-hmm. this problem. I feel good. Cause all my friends are happy. I'm back in this comfortable place. That is the bar. Uh, you know, and now it's time to go to bed and do the next one tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is something we've talked about for a long time. It is almost like a, uh, a white whale for the show, which is the video game equivalent of a short story collection. This is absolutely yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Like with a, with a strong framing device and like one Omni story that they all build to, but it definitely succeeds. Yes. As that very well. So. Into yeah. it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> this is Auteur Adventure Month. This is kind of a dual auteur work. Um, it is based on Spider Robinson's books and informed by his kind of philosophy. But really, the uh, power player here is Josh Mandel, a designer who previously worked with Sierra and kind of headed up Space Quest Six and Freddy Farkas, Frontier Pharmacist. Mm-hmm. And he's done kind of a bunch of other various things. Yeah, the, the, the way uh, that Sierra worked... There was an interview on AdventureGamer.com or something like that where he explained how this worked. Like, everybody worked on everything. When there was a project in, pro- in process, if you were not working on your own game because it was in a particular state, you went over to somebody else and contributed to that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He, he was like voiced King Graham and uh, King's Quest V, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a bunch, a bunch of kind of miscellaneous. I know he did a bunch of stuff with like Leisure Shoot Larry, yeah. which kind of makes sense because that is also a funny uh, series. Yeah. He also uh, he did dialogue for Jagged Alliance, too. I didn't realize that. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually we'll get to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing if any of it kind of shines through. Me too. Uh, because, you know, as we mentioned, the game's extremely funny. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's it's based on the same sense of humor. But I thought, initially going into this, I thought Spider-Robinson, again, I thought it was an adaptation. Yes. So I was like, oh, a bunch of these jokes will be Spider-Robinson's. Not the case. No. Like, Spider-Robinson was consulted on this. He initially yeah. wanted to, I think, I think the quote that's on Wikipedia is, take the money and ignore the results. Um, but Josh Mandel was really nervous about that because he didn't want to stray from Spider's vision and make people mad because, you know, this is kind of a cult classic series. It was an early kind of Usenet, uh, kind of thing. They had a big, big community around that. At one time it was the biggest Usenet that was non-porn related. (laughs) Like no, no joke. Like that's the, you know, that sounds like a joke, but that was, that was the case. I knew the first part, but I didn't know the caveat at the end of it, which makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. downloading that sweet downloading those sweet ascii boobs um, yeah, man. <laughs> um yeah but uh but, but eventually spider robinson was kind of drawn in more to consult and just make sure that things stayed faithful and also didn't interfere with his plans for these characters or the future of the series mm-hmm. yeah and yeah he, he contributes some songs to it as well yes which well, that that was the bit of 70s-ness that was too far for me. I was like, oh, this wants me just to sit down and listen to this, like, kind of middle of the road <laughs> folk like song. drinking up a windfall, baby. Yeah, yeah, I was like, ah, you know, I'm, this, this is a little too, uh, yeah. you've asked me to relax so much. Like, <laughs> just, so, so, I mean, so the way that this, is, that, that this is marketed and kind of just the general outside appearance, it looks drastically uncool. Oh yeah. 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 Like, like extreme, like when I keep saying seventies, like, like the star man kind of like this spirit and aesthetically too, like even just the, you know, this came out in the late nineties, but they, all the fashions yes. and stuff are very like late seventies, easy rider kind of, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe not quite that, that late seventies, like mm-hmm. there's no bell bottoms, but everything doesn't, you know, it does not look modern. Right. 
Um, so to realize, I, I derailed us. Um, that's fine. <laughs> Sierra didn't want to do a work based on somebody else's characters. Right. Right. Like that's not what Sierra does. Um, but Mandel moved on to Legend, and that's what Legend does. Yes. So they managed to secure the rights. Like Legend just asked him, like, hey, what would you want to, like, what author would you like to work with? Or, you know, whose work would you like to work with? He said either Dean Koontz or Spider Robinson. And they said, yeah, Spider Robinson, let's do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This would be very different if this was, like, the intensity. Yeah. Uh, adventure game. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, he was extremely depressed during this. Like, he spent most of his time writing. Um, he talks about that uh, being, like, writing something, like, 14 or 16 hours a day. Yeah. Um, in a sling chair and in his garage. And he had this system of ropes set up so he could open the garage doors to let his dog out yeah. into the yard so he didn't have to get up. Yeah. Working, um, he said, from like 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. And and mostly writing, like just writing. And that's, you know, this game is so dense with writing. Like there's there are more words in this mm -hmm. than need to be, and it benefits from it. Like yes. that sacrifice was a lot. And it's hard to write comedy when you're extremely depressed. Like, yeah. And he just did a really great job with that. Yeah. So. Um, it shines. Yeah. It, 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 the, the, the writing, this is polished to a shine you can, you can tell mm -hmm. the, uh, you can, you can see the effort. Um, but yeah, his entire goal with this was to make something counter to a lot of the games at the time, right? The manual, if you go look it up, um, has kind of a preamble that explains the series philosophy. Uh, but he also says, um, uh, you know, uh, let me, let me see here. He talks about like most of the games at the time were about, Terrible, terrible people are monsters trying to do drastic harm to you. And the only way around was to do the same to them first, mm -hmm. you know, and he just wanted to make something that was not like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and succeeded mm -hmm. again, you know, like that, like I mentioned, this, this game carries that power of friendship and power of empathy message as well as any game I played. Yeah. You know, so super, super good. Good job. There's a there's a quote in the manual where he says, uh, the proof of Spider's theory that miracles can and do happen is right here. A million dollar adventure game about joy, pain and friendship. Um, however, the game was a total flop. Yep. <laughs> uh, nobody wanted it. Nobody played it. The game uh, take two marketed it like shit. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's uh, they just kind of rushed the final parts of production, which was good because they didn't get those 10 things, but just did no marketing. Right. Uh, right. So nobody nobody found out about it. Yeah, they also initially shipped a beta instead of the gold master. Yeah. Um just fucking shafted is what they got. Betas and gold master sounds like pickup artist <laughs> language. Like you eventually become the gold master. <laughs> we all hope to be a gold master. Gold someday. master. Yeah. Um so yeah, the game sold really badly. It got really good reviews. Uh, but it is pretty obscure. Yeah. Um is one of you know, I'd heard about it just through uh, Hardcore Gaming 101. Mm-hmm essentially but if it wasn't for me reading a textbook about adventure games i never would have heard about it right you know yeah and if it wasn't for nick saying hey guys you should play this here's some mm -hmm. money uh i probably wouldn't have given it a shot and i my, i would be poorer for it yeah me too yeah so hopefully we can do our job and get people to either experience the good parts of it vicariously or get more people to play it yeah. um we should mention that you can't play it uh, legally <laughs> yep. like they don't they don't make it yeah they don't <laughs> buy please just they don't they don't make it uh easy to do um mm -hmm. you have to use DOSBox and like acquire the files uh but now you know with the emulation crackdown that's just kind of how things are in general yeah go crazy criminals <laughs> we're like, all I, I've criminals given up all now on that yeah we're all sons of bitches like just just go you know <laughs> steal like what you know if you're if you're not gonna let me buy the fucking thing just steal everything that you can't buy mm -hmm. if it's not do bolted it. down direct action works <laughs>
let's do it. Uh, it opens up with an intro cinematic uh, where we're kind of zooming through these nebulas in the universe. And finally, two of them start talking to each other, one yelling at uh, uh, the other parabolas. Uh, saying, hey, we're cutting the budget for universe creation, and your universe will be canceled uh, if you cannot find something of infinite redeeming value. Right-sizing, mm-hmm. it's the word of the day. Uh, yeah. the, there's also a lot of this that is very painfully 90s. Uh, yeah, not painfully. Yeah. Uh, pain, uh, painfully strongly expressed 90s. There we go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's very much like kind of a 90s plot. Like, it's resonant now, but it, yeah. it's you know, of its time. Yes. Um, then we, we come over to the, we do this kind of zoom onto the saloon and we got our narrator, uh, Jake Stonebender. And he talks about how it's located on long Island on this kind of stretch, you know, and this, this, I had a real uh-oh moment during this because this is that kind of folksy, you know, just like a little bit on, you know, on highway 60. If you mm-hmm. take this, you know, it's very like storyteller, uh, you know, seventies storyteller kind of thing. Yeah, and I was worried about it uh, initially. Jake's first um, impression is has nothing like what he's like throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. Like Jake, Jake is somebody. One of the th- reasons why I love Jake as a character is like, and we eventually learn about his pain or whatever, is that he is somebody who is practicing in mid practice of the philosophy of the game. Yes. So like, he comes off as extremely dour and kind of low key, mm-hmm. uh, but he's very funny. Like he makes you know jokes a lot. Like he doesn't laugh very much, but he makes a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is somebody who is attempting to do the the point of the game. Yes. Like he is trying to share that joy and trying to do the spiritual practice at the center of this game and is in the middle of it. Yeah. Like he's not fixed. You know, you you meet other more fully realized characters uh, and your friend who don't feel like they have quite as much of like a burden to bear right now. Right. You know? Yeah. So there's like a quote in the about the books where it's like it says it's like the kind of bar where it doesn't have repeat customers because people soon find that they don't need a reason to drink. Yeah. You know, once they go there and like he definitely needs a reason to drink or yes. definitely has a reason to drink. Yeah. Um, so. That's another thing. Like there, there is a there is a worry about this that it's like, hey, alcohol will solve your problems. Right. No, it's the community around it. Like yeah, the, bar, the bar is incidental. That. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. um, so there's, there's a prologue where you're introduced to, to the bar. Um, and real quick, before we get into what happens here, like this made me so fucking horny for like a bar to call my own. That's like a <laughs> yeah, thing. Yep. And I mean, like in a way that honestly, I've only felt since uh, once since Cheers. Yeah, I just <laughs> never like never I even more than Cheers. Like oh, Cheers definitely. looks great, you know, but this looks better. Mm-hmm. And just like just having like uh, like I just I was like, man, like if I just had the, the like Shaun of the Dead, you know pub situation mm-hmm. where i knew everybody yeah is when like it made me like i was so unreasonably thirsty for that <laughs> from playing this game yeah i'm not sure that exists outside of fiction but i want to believe it does yeah you know yeah i went uh, because after i beat this i went to like a friend that was like hey do you want to go to this bar and like i typically don't but i was like yeah yeah let's do it let's go to the bar and see if it's <laughs> like that cool you know this cool thing and it was like still pretty good like it was i had fun but it wasn't uh you know this magical magical thing <laughs> like some lady got real mad and threw a cue ball at somebody and i was like oh that's never <laughs> happened to cal hands the, the, oh that, that's not what i'm looking for no you know she doesn't believe in the philosophy no so. uh, she pries pried a skull yeah. open with a cue ball yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, Callahan's like, you know, lots of bars has a has activity nights, right? Mm-hmm. In different themes. Tonight happens to be the riddle contest where the um the the prize is to have your tab paid off. 
So everybody yeah. is kind of frantically trying to uh, solve this verbal rebus that's on the blackboard. Yes. Uh, and this is a like a kind of a a bad step for the game. Bad to first take one, as its yeah. first one, first step because like, I don't actually mind uh, this puzzle. I like it, but it yeah, I, like I like this one. I don't like it when it comes later. Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, but it is like making you do this before you actually play an adventure game. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not my favorite thing, and just the way that this game and games in general, where they're like, hey, play a different type of game. In the middle of this, like you do a uh, a Picross in the middle of this, yeah, and I I don't like it. Like I mm. just like. I was playing an adventure game. Like, why are you making me do a pick Ross? Like yeah. it's nothing to do with the game I signed up to play. And there's no narrative content to this. I, I fired this up. And when I saw the interface for the riddle contest, I thought, Oh, this is copy protection. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what actually what it looks like. Yeah. Um, it's not, and they explain it's also, they have to explain it because it's kind of a weird, it's not a stock kind of, it's not like here, play some towers of Hanoi. Like, <laughs> right. you know, it, you know it, it's like a new thing. So you have to spend a lot of time having explained to you. And it's a weird mm. pacing thing. Yeah. Uh, it gets over that pretty quick. Yeah. So the, the way this works is there are 10 uh, strings of words. If you take synonyms for those words and say them out loud, it sounds like another thing. Yes. So like the first one is like uh, the answer is Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. And the first it's like angry to exist. So you're like, oh, you're cross to be cross be, mm -hmm. you know, an alcohol grain, et cetera. And you do that 10 times. Yeah. Um, I found this one really good and fair. The second one I thought was harder because I didn't know a lot of the answers. It requires it, more specialized knowledge of like yeah. golden age of cinema. Uh, and if you, and if you don't know those things, like if you played this and you weren't uh, familiar with like American rock and roll, mm -hmm. like you'd get fucked. Yes. Like there'd be no way to get through it. But again, adventure games, you just look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Instantly get past anything you don't like you can't or don't want to do. Yeah. You know, so, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, not a great step, yeah. even though I actually like this puzzle. I can I can see what this is doing as well, because so much of the game's humor is about puns and so much of, you know, pun punning is about finding synonyms and just being flexible, flexible with language and flexible with words. So a puzzle that requires you to both think about synonyms and also think about just the way words sound when you speak them out loud. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that as an ethos. I, I agree that it's a misstep. Yeah. Um, you know, even even if it did work for me personally, because it works for me personally I like too. I like word puzzles. So like I yeah. I like this kind of word puzzle, and this bothered me way less than the like play Picross in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I also you know? really like Picross, and I was like, oh boy, hey, I know this. And I, yeah, I just it. I don't like I it's like the I mean it's not exactly like the nine 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 thing, but it just mm -hmm. it always seems silly to me. Yeah, to just be like here play a different game. <laughs> you know, here play a sliding block puzzle. Like oh, I was playing an adventure game. Yeah, you know. Um. So anyways, you you do that to get uh get your bar tab uh paid off and you can kind of you can also get a bunch of hints yeah um you know you can uh look around uh talk to everybody and eventually it will they will just more or less start feeding you a lot of the answers yeah so it's not very harsh actually no if no. you if you're really struggling mm -hmm. um but mostly you want to look around to get to know uh, the bar and kind of understand the culture and the people within it yeah uh so you get kind of clues if you're walking to, in, into this like you and me blind to what goes on here and kind of what their customs are you know the idea of like the rule against prying that people will speak and open up to you when they're ready and it is yeah. not it is counter to the philosophy to uh force that process right? yeah yep yeah. yeah. and and you, you'll get kind of a slap on the wrist if you just like ask somebody like hey you know what happened to your dead wife yes yeah i'm uh it's, this is a total aside um i started playing vampire oh yeah and uh in vampire the dialogue system, the way it works is uh, it's very, very strange. Like you're a vampire doctor mm -hmm. and the people around you, 
their blood gets better for you the more you know about them. It's very strange. Yeah. It's super strange, right? Yeah. So when you know secrets about somebody, though, it gives you like the posture of like you're you're doing an objection or something in, in Phoenix, right? And it's very mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you, somebody will just be like, yeah, my wife died. And then you'll get like a secret or something. And then you, the, you'll get the sound effect and the close up. And you're like, tell me more about how your wife died. And, and the person will be like, well, it was the night of, the, you know, and they just answer normally. But you just like turn into a supervillain for a second. Very funny. Very good. That's pretty good. You're, you're just hungry. You're hungry for that good, good blood. You got to get that knowledge. You know, to just like if, if, you know, like, tell me about your child. And then they just, they just, that blood gets better. But you don't you do know? that in real life. I yell at eggs. <laughs> like, listen, you doesn't fuck wits. Tell me more about your utero experience. Uh, it them Which one of you will go into the pan first? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to decimate you. One point of those eggs are going to go in the pan. <laughs> well, that's because you separate the yolk out from one of them. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's also stuff like when somebody is ready to speak their piece, they stand at a chalk line. Uh, and make mm-hmm. their toast, and everybody throws their glass into the fireplace. Yep, yeah, which is used in kind of the end game. Yes, after that. So we, we start meeting this this wacky cast of characters. I'm really impressed by how many of them don't relate to the game. Oh yeah, there's bar um, people. Some of them are just, there's just bar people. Some of them are references specifically uh, as fan service for the books, mm-hmm. um, but a bunch of them are just uh, just there for local color. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so the first person you you are likely to meet, there's this tall Terminator looking fellow named mickey finn and mm-hmm. he is friends with a guy named squish who is a cyborg alien thing um who you will learn to hate yeah <laughs> um and the uh you know he talks about how uh his planet there's this joke about how they they dug down in their planet and found that it's actually a ship yeah and then dug down further and it was a meteor <laughs> and then dug down further and it was a ship that was within a meteor yeah this is a cob stopper experiment yeah yeah just like the, the the deeper the deeper you dig the more advanced you find out your ancestors were mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and mickey finn is interesting too he's the character from the first or the end of the first book right um who was coming to destroy them all in kind of a terminator way and they all banded together to, to convince him not to yes and he right. just decided to hang out like now he's just a regular yeah so. um he's a he's a big lurch looking guy um and they yeah. even they even play into that with his voice though i mean this is this is also kind of the only the only real adaptation that callahan's has gotten so like mm-hmm. if you are looking for a visual and auditory representation of these characters that's that's really it uh, yeah this is your one yes um, yeah. those are the two that stick out the most but there are others who are also uh have have a little bit of their own weird kind of touch um like there is uh what's her name josie who's a time cop yeah, yeah. Most many of which we'll end up dealing with. Yes. Like who we'll go through. Like so Josie and there's um I guess it's worth pointing out, there's a little bit of like gross of the time sex stuff in this. Yeah, yeah. Not tons, but like this whole thing, Josie is a little bit problematic where like Josie is kind of just a character who's a bar floozy. Mm-hmm. Uh and and as such, like she's a great character, but she's also like in the text, like goes home and sleeps with whoever does best at like the pun contest that night. Yeah. Yeah. And that rubbed me the wrong way. Like not a serious way. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, boycotting it or anything, but I was just kind of like, ah, that's, I wish that wasn't know. there. Yeah. Like, and then your character will be like, you know, you'll make a bunch of like, you'll go back and forth and make a bunch of puns. And then she'll, she'll kind of wink. You'll be like, well, I guess I'm not sleeping alone tonight. Yeah. Like that's very weird that you just win this woman through puns. Yeah. Like a little, little, I, little bit of a, a, a funny nerd fantasy kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what it struck me as that would just like go by gangbusters with people reading the book, especially as like 
alienated late teens. Yeah, yeah. You know, just being like, oh, this is like a, a beautiful woman who, you know, respects people entirely for their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the weird kind of a teenager, you know, dork fantasy. Yeah. Um, it doesn't lean into it. It's not like the the solution to to quests or anything like that. Right. But this game is not particularly woke. Like it is of its time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, she's there's only a couple major female characters. Like they are not, uh, you know, one of them is explicitly in kind of like a helpless situation who you rescue. Yeah. The other one, you know, is Josie, who is a great character, but again, you know, chooses who she has sex with based on on nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So. so. You just go go into it recognizing that man, nineteen ninety seven was a long time ago. You're old, well, yeah. And the, I imagine both of those situations are from like the books, or the at least Josie's like characterization. Oh yeah, is probably from the books too. So it's even older. Yeah, so twenty years yeah. before that as well. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. So. Um, weirdly enough, Callahan himself doesn't really figure into this at all. He's just kind of a guy no. who's always polishing a mug. <laughs> yeah, he's there. You have to use him for a couple of puzzle solutions. Yeah. But for the most part, he's just hanging out. Yeah. Um, I love how many fat guys are in this bar. Oh, yeah. Like Callahan and Doc are like fat in a way that like I haven't seen in a <laughs> in a video game and like maybe ever. Right. You know, like, like more they're fatter than like Mosley. Like mm-hmm. they're fatter than the desk sergeant in Gabriel Knight one. Like, yeah. put it in my veins, man. Like just these <laughs> like just big suspended fat dudes, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm real into it. Yep. So and Doc's funny, too. I wish there was more more to do with him. Yeah, but- Doc is great. Yeah, he does. Um, uh, he, he does. He's the one who kind of runs the contest initially or like tells you how to play the contest. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Um, you don't do very much with him. You can uh, after all these adventures, you can talk to all your friends and tell them like about your adventure and kind of brag mm-hmm. and you'll get some dialogue. That's good for flavor. But no, you know, nothing else, really. Yeah. It gave so. me that uh, Mass Effect two back on the uh, back on the ship between missions kind of feel. Yeah. Like you're back home. Yeah. Like it feels like a Majula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you can do these first three uh, chapters in any order. And then after you do them, the next two open up. This is the order that I played them. Like you can talk to Callahan and see like, hey, what's going on tonight? Uh, of course, after you win the riddle puzzle and, you know, make sure you're not going to go broke. Uh, he mm. says that um, a bar regular Piotr is missing uh, and he wants me to check out his house. Um, and through dialogue, we kind of discover that he is a vampire. Uh, you know, he's a hundred years old, but he's always alone when he's here. This is this is not the order that I did them in, so it's a little bit off for me. But like, yeah, yeah, just just so you know that like if I misremember something. Or if there's a reference to something yeah. that I say is in there that isn't there, it's probably because of this order right. uh, thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's also worth, um, just real quick before we go through, is that you do, um, there is a mysterious stranger in the bar. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's worth, I, I found him really noteworthy initially. And I thought, I, you know, this is not great, but I immediately had forgotten about that intro with the nebulas. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're kind of overwhelmed by meeting a bunch of people. Yes. So I didn't assume he was one of the nebulas. I th- was convinced for maybe a third of this game that he was Satan. Uh, <laughs> partly because of the voice acting. Yeah. So he's like yeah. a he's like a, a bearded biker kind of guy who's always staring directly at you, and he speaks yeah. in a very deep, calm voice. Yeah. And he's very yeah. very detached. Yep. So this is going to be an important person, but he, you know, he's just like. Uh, if you know what what he is, uh, which they, they just told you, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
they uh it's really great because he's just kind of like you know jake do you think there'll be any action tonight and you're like well i think things will get interesting and mm-hmm. he's watching because he's evaluating yeah you know the united states or yeah. not the united states the <laughs> well, entire the, world the world well, what's the difference the united states the united states of uh earths yeah yeah so. <laughs> um yeah so do you want to talk to do you, do you want to talk about Peter first or oh yeah yeah let's do it okay this one's real good too. So yes, uh, it is a good one to open up with. Uh, so we go to Piotr's uh, big spooky mansion, um, and we see that he's in the process of moving. He's actually hired a van line to pack up all of his stuff and ship it to Transylvania overnight. Yeah, and Peter, we know Peter's a vampire. Yes, Peter's a vampire. So it's like okay, Transylvania is not that weird. Um, they're just like you're trying to get into. You think you're trying to get into his house to look for clues, and the kind of meta way the game teases you is on display here, because when you go to the, uh, the door or the window to try to open it, there are like 70 options, <laughs> not 70, but there's like 15. It's like wrap on rattle, uh, try to open pry. Yeah. So, so, all slip things. under it. Yeah. Just for, for little jokes of ways you could get in, in an adventure game, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so, you know, really cool. Uh, like a little weird, little bit of meta. There's a couple other meta things like that too. Um, in, uh, in a later one, I went through a garbage, can and uh it was they you know one they made fun of me for doing it in this weird kind of precursor to west of loathing but two um they're just like sure it's an adventure game you have to carry around every piece of garbage you find you know like <laughs> just uh so um you're trying to get in you're seeing all of this stuff packed up there is a like lazy union mover guy from the the uh york easter uh, <laughs> york easter uh moving company and you need to try to uh get him out of the way so you can climb into a crate we won't see you, so you can go to Transylvania with him. Right. Um, and you figure, because of what you know about Piotr, um, that he might be in one of those boxes. So when you, when you interact with any of the boxes, you can knock on them and see if he's in there and try and wake mm-hmm. him up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's gone for good. You can. So what you end up doing is calling in a complaint on him um, mm-hmm. so that he has to answer it. Uh, and then when, when he's distracted, you climb into that trunk and you are shipped overnight in a freezing cargo hold to Romania. I like how they actually yeah. acknowledge how terrible that would be. <laughs> yeah. Just extremely, extremely rough. And when you get there, it's very funny because you're, you're the butler talks to you, Piotr's butler. And it's just like, you know, I, I've been informed of your arrival. Uh, we've arranged for first class transport back to the States. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, just, just like, you know, and you refuse. And he's like, yep, we knew you'd refuse. Uh, feel free to, you know, you're your own man, do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, um, and they play, they play the, uh, the aloof Butler who is taking jabs at you in a very genteel way. Like they play that trope really straight, but it mm-hmm. is very funny just because of the stuff that you end up doing. Yeah. Cause you, cause you steal from him. Yeah. He has all of his stuff, like his, all of his stuff unpacked. And uh, a lot of it's like stage magic stuff, uh-huh. which you'll need for later puzzles. Right. So you and I just I love the idea of him being a vampire stage magician because they wear the same costume. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a driver here uh, and you can go looking for Peter. Uh He is uh, downtown. And when you get there, you realize that this is, you know, not Transylvania as a region in Romania. This is Transylvania as interpreted through um, kind of golden age of cinema, Hollywood horror, universal horror stuff. So like it is a whole collection of freaks and monsters just going about their business downtown. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and like a very like, and every time you come back, they will be different Uh uh, monsters and freaks here. And you can like talk to some of them, but you don't interact with them uh, for any puzzle content. You just do it for for flavor and just really, really fun. Mm -hmm. It's extremely fun. Like just seeing all this like macabre shit. You know, in in a mundane section is very 
very cute. And you get to see all these like sign jokes. Like there's a, across the street, there's a star Bucharest <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of Starbucks. And like, it ends up being a big part of the puzzle. Yeah. Uh, here. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the game comes from examining a witch, you know, just like mm-hmm. dressed up like a standard, you know, pointy hat, uh, green, you know, pointy hat, long ropes, witch. And you say, Oh, you can tell that she's Orthodox. Uh, the reform witches look more like Samantha Stevens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of Orthodox and reform witches. And and uh, the confidence of thinking the audience will know who Samantha Stevens is. <laughs> so the uh, you know again, like I said, one hundred percent in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. There, there is there is an old timiness to some of these references. I just think I think about that too because like you and I are old. Um, you're older than you are, but like most people, you know, we're, if we actually just look at our ages, right? We're old, but like we could be telling a bunch of like twenty year olds to play this game. Oh yeah, and they're not going to know who Samantha Stevens. They're going to be straight up alienated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of jokes that don't rely on that kind of stuff, but this area specifically mm-hmm. has a lot of kind of referency stuff. Yeah. Um, um, and also it is just, it is just full of, you know, schlocky horror puns. Like there's somebody who's reading a Vlad magazine, like, come yeah, yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very like tons of stuff like that. Like we're not going to get every joke in no. the game <laughs> no. in this episode or anything. Just know that there is a patina of jokes. Yes over everything and they are uh goofy and punny and fun yeah um so reasonably you could think that piotr went to uh casimir's place the uh (laughs) the version of callahan's that's like right across the street but there is a bouncer uh there who's this like gigantic kind of golem creature he's not explicitly a golem he's like an ogre yeah kind of thing uh and he won't let you in because it's curse night you need to have a mark of a curse yeah uh so you can ask him about this enough to relearn that there is an old gypsy woman uh, their their words, not mine. Yes. Um, and uh, you can go and get this curse. Yes. You you can go talk to her. So they're playing into that trope, right? She's got a she, she has a, a kind of a, a wagon that wagon, she's in. Yeah. Um, you know where she sells all of all of these kind of reagents and things like that. But as you talk to her, you know, even though she's visually coded as you know that kind of character, she's actually like a Jewish grandma. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> is how yeah. is how she uh is how she speaks and interacts it is a very funny uh kind of juxtaposition yeah explicitly yeah so. the um so you can kind of look around get a get a kind of bunch of jokes from, jokes from her but you mostly need to learn uh what it is like to be a werewolf like you can be like i am cursed and then she's like where's your mark i'm like you sold it to me you don't remember she looks <laughs> in her logbook. um eventually she says you get the hints that like oh you don't have the marks of the curse right uh to get that or the, the signs of it to get the mark so you learn uh, that you need uh, some wolf's bane um, and some silver and a pentagram tattoo to have that. Right. Uh, so you uh, head over in the uh, the Star Bucharest. Um, that's where the Vlad magazine is. That's where there's a character who is going to clearly be important. There's a lady, uh, kind of a goth lady who is a vampire, um, drinking coffee. Yeah. Uh, there. You can drink her from her coffee. Mm-hmm. And they just put blood in the coffee. <laughs> like, it's really gross. Yeah. Um, you, they have a wolvesbane plant there that you can grab. Yeah. Well, it's a, um, it's a silk wolvesbane plant, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it just has yeah, to it's be just, a wolvesbane leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I need money uh, to get uh, uh, to, to get the rest of what I need, specifically silver. So to do that, you go back to Piotr's house and you grab some of his gear uh, and you learn how to perform the headless box uh, trick. And you go and uh, you write a message on a chalkboard and you sit down and, you know, wait for people to give you money. Yep. You beg uh, for it because you see some other beggars and there's kind of hints if you talk to them about this. Like it seems counterintuitive. That's how you get money. But it does. uh, They'll they'll kind of give you hints. And there's a great like little scene because you put on this headless box. You can't see anything (laughs) when it's on. So the screen goes dark and you just hear people talking about you Hmm. and people are just like, you know, pitying you and, and throwing you a couple coins. 
And then someone says like, what if he's faking it? You know, it's very real life. Like somebody, yeah. you know, just like, don't, don't do altruism. You know, it? he makes a million dollars a year. That's, that's exactly like, yeah. God, I, I hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, but somebody, somebody's doing that bullshit. And, uh, and then they're just like, no, I mean, look at him. And he's like, well, it's clearly fake. And he's like, you know, it doesn't, you know, and the other person's trying to give you money. And then, and he's like, well, he's just going to spend it on drugs, which like is a pretty woke thing for it to say. Cause that's, that's real. And he's like, yeah, like he's not just going to waste it. Like he's going to buy hats. Like, what is your problem? Like the two <laughs> people having an argument about giving you, you know, giving money to a, to a beggar yeah. uh, on here. Pretty great. Um, but that's how, that's how you get some money. Um, and you can go into the, uh, uh, the novelty shop <laughs> and buy a, uh, where which is a, a Woolworths thing, which those don't exist anymore. Um, and get a, a temporary tattoo from a terrifying critter, like this weird, <laughs> melty skeleton zombie thing yeah. <laughs> uh, that runs the shop that is, is the scariest thing in this zone yeah on on the on the on the spectrum okay so if, if if zero is skeleton and one is one is person and five is zombie this guy is a two yeah yeah, yeah. he's just got a lot of like fat and uh you know he's, kind of muscle he's, he's a gristle elemental yeah lots of gristle yeah um and uh, of, of all the creatures he is the one who is most openly sizing you up to devour you yeah or repurpose your body parts for whatever experiments he wants to do but he's again he's very genteel about it yeah, yeah. it's pretty funny yeah um and this, this store is uh full of like goofs uh some of which will be used in puzzles and it has a little bit of that chaff yeah yeah you know um so there's going to be a puzzle in casimir's place that requires you to know the names of these actors specifically from horror and science fiction movies as you look around those names are used on different uh, items in here yeah which is kind of a hint but it's much easier if you just know them yes so you know what you're looking for yeah essentially um, yeah but you buy the pentagram tattoo and put that on so you have your silver your wolf's bane and your tattoo you can get your curse mark which is kind of applied yep. to you it's basically like just paraffin <laughs> that's uh yeah. that, that's melded to you it may or may not come off. Right. Essentially. There's lots of jokes about, you know, whether this is a good idea. Yeah. Um, so you can get, you can get into uh Casimir's, which is, um, really cleverly, like is just the scary spooky version of Callahan's. <laughs> yeah. Like it has the same layout and everything. And there are generally one-to-one kind of, uh, analogs for people in this, like just as far as their positioning mm-hmm. and stuff goes, like it has the same kind of, uh, silhouette yeah. to it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Full of monsters. Yeah, there's just a there, there's a joke. Like you can talk to Casimir and say like, "Hey, do you know a Callahan?" Like, "Oh yeah, we go way back." Like, yeah, really, really funny. Just the fact that there, there, there's like a loose association of people who run these cosmically significant bars, and they're all different themes. Yes. So the theme is miscellaneous and horror, and that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- um, there's also uh, there also they have a vampire hanging upside down who they tap. <laughs> yep. uh, here did you ask about that guy um i did but i can't remember specifically what you're alluding to it's it's great he he does uh he has uh failing kidneys and he uh, oh right they, their blood for dialysis he's yeah. a dialysis machine yeah like he's a vampire who sucks out people's blood cleans it gains nutrients and then gives it back mm-hmm. uh so yeah, yeah, which is which is very uh, very funny the role that um <laughs> the role that these uh vampires play in bar culture because Piotr like he you know he doesn't drink um what he does is he will he will drink uh, individual people's blood but also he acts as the uh he acts as the designated driver. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
So pretty, pretty great. And that, that's one of the reasons why you, they want, you know, you want to get them back to the bar. Yes. Like he's a friend, but he also serves this purpose. Yeah. He's he's part of the ecosystem. He saves lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you meet Piotr here. I love Piotr. He's such an Eeyore. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but also very funny. Um, you know, and Casimir, like when you, when, when you try to ask Piotr, like, Hey, like, like, what's the problem? Why did you, why did you leave? Um, Casimir actually enforces the no, the no prying rule. So we need to get Piotr out so he can actually like learn what's going on and help him. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he, there's kind of some broad hints here. Like here's a section that I, I don't, you know, this is a little bit heavy handed because mm-hmm. if you're kind of saying around Piotr will be like, or anytime you glance at the jukebox, you're like, please don't play B39. <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, okay. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Like, I get it. Essentially the, the, and this is also a logic leap, I think. Yeah. Um, so the jukebox, uh, there's a couple logic leaps here. I don't like, like you yeah. have to fix the jukebox. Um, one, you have to realize it's portable and that's kind of difficult with the perspective. Yes. Like it's up against the back wall. So you have to realize you can pick it up. And then two, the way you bring it to life is you put it in the dumbwaiter and send it up to the roof and have it get struck by lightning. Yeah. Which is in with the theming, but I think that's a tough leap. Yeah. And also just a dumb, unnecessary step. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just like, you know, doing the thing. So they had to add a, add a puzzle to it. I don't like that. Like it's worth like a uh, Will, uh, your friend of mine, um, who is a big adventure game fan has played lots of adventure games. Um, like is not a real big fan of this game. And part of it just because he finds like the puzzle super inscrutable. Mm-hmm. I don't think I found them quite as inscrutable, but there are definitely examples where I'm like, this is kind of horseshit. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was kind of horseshit. Like I eventually looked it up. I'm like, Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. You know, like when you, when you, when you look up an adventure game puzzle, the best solution is to, for you to be like, fuck me. Like, of course, you know, yeah. like I knew that, like, mm-hmm. and you just be mad at yourself. But with this one, I was mad at the game. Yeah. So, Yep. Um, the, the, the better part of this is actually just like learning that, you know, Piotr or learning from the butler about Piotr's kind of demeanor, right? You talk to him and say like, Hey, no matter how drunk he gets, he's still non-confrontational, you know, to get him to leave, just irritate him and he'll avoid the situation. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, <laughs> if, if, uh, if it's not enough to hear him say, don't play B17, you can talk to him and you find out what he's, what, what, what he's sad about. He alludes to his old girlfriend, Sasha, Saying that mm-hmm. they used to come here and listen to as slime goes by. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And the, the jukebox has like 40, you know, goofy horror names for, for old songs. <laughs> right in my veins, um, please. Yep. When you uh when you play that song, he leaves. Right. Um and you, you go to sober him up. So like it's just worth noting that like as much as you're in this like super goofy setting, mm-hmm. what you're doing is going to a bar where your friend is too drunk and trying to like help him out and get their girlfriend back. Yes. You know, which is like a very like quaint video game goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just, there's a, there's a moment during this where I was like, this is great. Like <laughs> not really a thing that you do in video games. No. Um, so you take him to get some coffee to like sober him up. Yeah. Um, um, you know, of course you're going to take him to star Bucharest, uh, where mm-hmm. you can get some coffee, but Sasha's here. She's the woman that we saw earlier. Um, and this kind of makes Piotr agitated. He, you know, his claim is that she's cursed, that there's mm-hmm. just something different about her. This isn't the woman that he, that he fell in love with. You know, she yeah. has gone and married somebody else. And she says, hey, there's something there's something different about her that cannot be accounted for. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she's gone completely cold. Um, you know, we we were so in love and she disappeared. And it seems like it's just going to be like a lonely boy kind of yeah, thing. But yeah. she is a victim of of magic, as we'll so, find out. Yeah. Um, so you go to the, the the gypsy. You see that she has a curse mark. You need to figure out what what the nature of the curse is. You go to the uh, the old gypsy lady. Again, their words, not mine. Yes. And uh she says, you know, she had an imprint of it. She could tell you what it was. Right. Um, so you have to buy some wax lips uh, from the novelty shop, um, heat them up 
in coffee and then give her her forehead a kiss. Yeah. As kind of this like courtly gesture. Like there's this whole bit about like vampire culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you, apparently it's an extremely polite thing to a lot like to offer yourself to be fed on to a vampire. <laughs> yeah, you just offer your wrist up. Yeah. And then they, they feed from you and then they don't kill you. You know, and it's like this this etiquette thing yeah. for them in this world. Yeah. yeah. Um, it took me a while to figure out because because the coffee can cool down, like the specific yeah, order yeah. of interactions and stuff. You have to you have to do it the right way. So I ended up just like I'm just constantly kissing this woman on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and she, yeah. just, and she, she was just patiently but kind of impatiently bearing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you take the curse back and you find out that this particular curse that she has um, it drains the victim of all emotion. Um, and you mm-hmm. need, again, it's th- it's always three things. Uh, you need some tana leaves, some mako root, and the tears of the victim. But this is the innovation that the, that the woman is so proud of, which is it is a self-perpetuating curse. It removes the ability to cry. Uh, you know, it takes away that emotional response. And so it is impossible to cure, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need all, need all these things. Uh, so you just kind of search around you go back to the bar. There are these monsters called Fogato, mm-hmm. uh, who are drinking schnapps that are based on, on make our route. And you assume that'll be good enough. Um, you ask them, you know, what they want in exchange. They say, we want to win the trivia contest. You know, we want to win the riddle. So our bar tab is paid. Yeah. So you have to give them all the answers. Um, so I'm, I'm, I didn't do this one second. I'm really glad I didn't, or first, I'm really glad I didn't because doing this puzzle just twice and that would feel weirdly paced. Yeah. To me, I did the next one first, so at least there was some space between them. But this is the one where it's all like Lon Chaney Jr. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like it's fine, but again, you have to be pretty familiar. Yeah, I so. just be. I I feel like I I I I had this one in a way that you mm-hmm. maybe didn't, but that's just because I'm weird and out of time. So I, I knew about seven of them. Yeah, like I know who Lon Chaney Lon Chaney Jr. was, but there were some of them I didn't even know who they were. Yeah, like when I looked up the answer, I didn't even know that was a person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is it is more of a stretch. Yeah. You know, and they already did it once. Yep. So it like makes sense for it to be in the, the mirror universe version of Callahan's mm-hmm. at the same time though. It's like, you need to repeat the puzzle. Yeah. You know, I think like, what if, what if somebody had already won or they, like everyone who won put their names in a, a thing and you had to like go and switch out. Mm-hmm. So it made it look like these guys won. Yeah. You know, so you could still have achieved that parity without making you repeat yourself. Right. You know, um, you can get the tea, the tea bag at Wareworths, uh, and you have to, uh, you know, to get tears, you have to go to Sasha's house um the uh the, the lady cannot give you sasha's address <laughs> because of there. the whole nancy reagan thing i don't yeah. know specifically which which law they're either. like which controversy they're talking about yeah don't yeah know. <laughs> it would that, that was 10 years too late when the game came out <laughs> you know so whatever that's referencing i don't know yeah, yeah. You, had to, you had to peek at her ledger right uh to find out um so you get there and you go to the house and she's just kind of politely you know, uh, and you have uh, Peter with you. You get companions in this game. Yes. Um, for your adventures, they tend to join you, and they can give you hints mm-hmm. uh, if you talk to them. Um, so uh, he's there with you, and everyone's just kind of having an awkward, you know, tea <laughs> off. Like right. everyone's drinking tea in an awkward way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But you you, know, you speak to her, and you find out that she is allergic to werewolves. Um. I think you can even say you can like she asks about your curse mark, and you say I'm a werewolf, and she says, Hey, get away. Um, so what you end up needing to do is, uh, take one of her brushes while she's distracted, um, and go and brush a werewolf in the bar who is mm-hmm. way into He it. loves it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's a good puppy, but <laughs> like, he's real scary too. The sprite's very scary. Yeah. When you do it, like you're, tra- you're trepidatious, but you do it and he just loves it. He loves being brushed, which <laughs> I love. Which is weird. Realistic yeah. for a dog. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, so you, you you then uh, you know put that that hair uh, by her. She gets allergic. She leaves. So you can get. Uh, she left her key on the couch. Yeah. Which you can go and they they were keeping her tears. There's a jar of her tears in a in a, in a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there. Yeah. Um, so you can go through and you find out that even though she has been stripped of emotion, uh, in, inside the desk, you know, in this locked compartment, um, it is she has letters that uh, that Piotr <laughs> has sent to her. There is still like something. There's some. There there is still some sentimental attachment. Um, well, the, I assume these were written before she got cursed. Oh yeah. Like she went to this guy, found out this guy was a jerk, was yearning for Piotr, and this guy put the curse on her so mm. he wouldn't lose. Her. Okay. So yeah. like yeah like so essentially that's the the story of what happened yeah um he he's a piece of shit I can't remember his name Ziv yeah Ziv uh, he sucks yeah <laughs> uh, so you get this this anti cursulent and it's when you go back he's come back yes um and they're all having this extremely awkward dinner and this is a great puzzle like this is you know <laughs> the, the 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 good amount of intuitive leap because there's no good way to give her the potion right um but if you drink the potion and have it in your blood um you know vampires like it's part of their etiquette like you right. learned that earlier that they you know if you offer a blood they'll drink it. Mm-hmm. So you drink the potion and give her your blood. Right. Um, and this causes her to realize, <laughs> really like, Oh my God, you bastard. What have you done? And this starts a struggle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, her and Ziv start fighting. Pewter steps in um, and you're just kind of standing there watching them uh, in the fracas, uh, the Friday fracas frontier psychiatrist. Um, they have dropped a steak bone on the floor. You can give that to Sasha and she stakes Ziv with it. And he crumbles yep. to dust. Yep. Because uh, a stake through the heart. Yeah. Uh, quite literally. Yeah. There. Um, and and she, that... I forget who says this. Who says the line, don't you know red, be- red meat is bad for your heart, baby? I think I, that I might be know. Sasha like doing, yeah. uh, doing a one-liner. It's pretty good. Yeah. The, uh, so they don't immediately get back together. She needs some time to like recover from this. I'm so happy they did that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally haven't been myself for a very long time. I just need... You know, I just need uh, some space at the moment. Yep. But like that is a, that's a good uh, a good resolution. Yeah, you know, it does. It makes her less of like a prize. Yes, you know, so it takes some of the patina of like her damseling and, and stuff a little, make it a little less gross. I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you uh, you head back to Callahan's. Like uh, Pietro will go with you. There's a toy uh, spaceship time machine back into Callahan's. You can take. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you get there, and you're like, that thing doesn't work. And he's like, did you try plugging it in? And then you get real quiet, uh, which is real great because I didn't try plugging it in. That wasn't an option. No. The cord is not on the screen, but it's a, it's a cute, cute bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is also hilarious the links that they go to to make, to make uh, this all happen over the course of one night, even yeah. though you are traveling the world and even beyond the world. It's, uh, it's quite a funny conceit. So, so you're back at uh, back at Callahan's. Yeah, uh, and you can you can go on to your next adventure again. Every time you come back, you can go and talk to everybody. They'll tend to have new new dialogue uh, for you. Yes, um, and you can talk to Piotr and kind of like debrief with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the kind of next uh, highlight thing is you you see Josie and Doc, um, and they're arguing about you know you talk to them they're like hey settle a bet, like what what's better coffee or chocolate, and they they go back and forth and present their cases. Yes. Um, and, and like Josie's making a very spiritual case about chocolate, um, you know, and, and, and doc says, Hey, no proselytizing, which I gather is another rule, which would be a good rule in this kind of Mm -hmm. setting where people share and share and try to grow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but you, you you get evolved and all of your answers are pretty noncommittal. Um, and they of course harangue Jake about that for, you know, being, being overly politic about this, 
But Josie, she is worked up about this specifically because um, the best chocolate bean in the world is about to go extinct. She's from the future and she knows, you know, the kind of kind of the fallout from this. Uh, she asks if you will go with her to help her stop that. Uh, the thing about Josie that is important to know is that she is literally a time cop. She has come from the yes. future in order to kind of like enforce the timeline. Yes. Yep. Uh, by by fucking with it. Yes. You know, essentially, she's a bad time. She's a corrupt time cop, which yeah. is the best kind of time cop. Um, I mean, and, like, and she can't hop willy nilly because she is specifically operating outside of uh, outside of the regulations, outside the law. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so you agree to go with her, and that's like kind of your next little uh, little mission. Really mercifully, they always give you a little uh, like, "Are you sure you want to go, or do you want to hang out here for a little bit longer?" Yeah, because they they tell you you're going to be stuck mm -hmm. in in a in an instance for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so this this one is kind of is you go to many different locations on this one. Uh, you start off in downtown New York, uh, which there are a bunch of just like little kind of hacky but also fun like New York jokes. Oh yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like weirdly, I think by this time. New York was kind of cleaned up and this is like all of the jokes are about like a like a pre Giuliani, you know, Disneyfication mm. kind of thing. So like it kind of even didn't make sense at that point, but you just you just have to go with it. Yeah. Um, um but, it's fun being with Josie because you do a lot of um pretty fun goofy pun offs when you observe things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my my, my yeah. favorite my favorite joke on this particular section there's a guy who's selling pretzels he can't legally call them pretzels they're princels because mm -hmm. they are made up of reconstituted pretzel flakes for easier stacking and shipment which <laughs> <laughs> is very good uh i'm really into the guy advertising fake ids and when you click on it, it says hey wouldn't it be fun to get a fake id and get a real gun and shoot a bunch of people <laughs> which is like such a direct like you know like like this is such a bad uh, calling out that it's such a bad idea, uh -huh. you know. <laughs> just like it's just really dark and shocking. Like oh shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the, the, this is also the scene with uh, with with the trash can that kind of starts up the yeah. meta, the meta ongoing thing of like, well, you're adhering to adventure game protocols. So yep. And now you're you're and and Josie literally just says, hey, everybody saw that. Like I'm <laughs> I'm with you. Like don't do that. There are people around. Like um, really really good. Yeah. Uh, so um, what, what's well, your... the reason why we're going here is because the uh, CEO of the company that is going to tear down that rainforest uh, works for this pencil company. Yes. The Faxon Castoroga Pencil Company. Yes. Faxon Castoroga. His name is a uh, uh, last name is Kiss Colon. Yes. Um, which yep. is you know used for a lot of very funny jokes. Um, you go up there. Uh, and the secretary is stonewalling you, you know, she, uh, is incredible at one, at one point, I think, uh, like, like you look at her and say, oh, she's, she's practicing the ancient art of Benoit. Like, yeah. Hey, hey Jake, are you talking yeah. about her having <laughs> yeah, stones yeah. inside yeah. of her vagina? Yeah. Not her, 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 her asshole. I thought Benoit balls were specifically for your butt. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Gwyneth Paltrow's jade eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> might be on that goop shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't i don't know i don't know wh where those balls go i'm just not happy I, they're uh, there i i don't know that i'm equipped like i don't i don't personally find gwyneth paltrow like particularly hot but also i don't think i could hang with her like level 12 sex magic no no like all of the different you know uh toys and objects and like foci like mm -hmm. in shadowrun that we call foci yeah. that she does to uh to, like, <laughs> have, to, to have goop sex better <laughs> you know yeah like yeah, I don't know, man. Like she, she's she's an amazing specimen. Yeah, oh, like, one of history's greatest weirdos, easily, and like one hundred percent. Just the the trajectory of her entire life. Yeah, all of her purification rituals seem very filthy to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's all like, it's just putting things up your, your butt button hoo-ha, you know? Like, <laughs> Which is, hey, if that works for it, it makes you feel good, fine. It's just yeah, very, but Don't it's... describe it as a superfood. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's, it's, just to say what it is. Like, you, know, you can go to adamandeve.com and get all this shit. You know, adamandeve.com slash waff for your yeah. Oh my discount. gosh. I need, I, I love the, uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, uh, parody on Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Yeah. It's good stuff. She's great. Yeah. Uh, very funny. Um, so yeah, so you, you know, you're trying to get past the, the secretary who is, uh, just, you know, again, stonewalling you. Um, but you can learn some information. This is kind of how you get uh, generally in this game. If you want a hint to a puzzle, you exhaust dialogue with everyone. Yes. Um, a minor bugbear in this game that I just want to point out is that a lot of times, uh, dialogue will kick you out of the dialogue. Yes. When you get to the end of a path, rather than letting you kind of go backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a huge deal, but it is annoying. Yeah. Uh, like it will make you like, there were times where I forgot there was more on that particular yes. branch. Yep. Yeah. So bit, bit of a bummer. Uh, you just have to, if you go in knowing about it, that'll probably you need to remember everything you asked. So yeah. you don't repeat yourself. Cause if you repeat yourself, then you just get to the, you get out again. Like yeah. it's pretty annoying actually. Yeah. Like they, they could have um, benefited from like, uh, changing the color on dialogue you had already used. Yeah. Or just have it, you know, you don't just have a little option at the bottom too. That's like, that's all I have to say about that. That just moves you back one layer. Yes. Rather than, uh, yeah. Um, so you essentially learn that, uh, you know, Kiss Colon's a huge asshole and he hates it when people take long coffee breaks. Yes. So what so, you do, you grab a bamboo pole and open up one of the vents. So the sound of people, you know, gold bricking goes through and he comes out and, you know, is just a, like you said, an asshole. Yep. Yep. And he, uh, he says like, Hey, uh, you know, we got the wrong tickets to Brazil. They have our flight too early. Yes. Uh, for that, like here, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, you know, arrange for replacements for these and do something with these, and gives you the two tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't take but, them directly, but uh, by by poking around, uh, you re- you see the uh, post-it that's on every single coffee machine in every single office that says, "Hey, mm-hmm. if 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 you drink if you drink this down, be sure to either fill it or turn off the pot because we don't want any scorches." This is this is such a well-observed puzzle. What you do is you pour out the coffee, put it on the burner, and wait for it to scorch, and the secretary freaks out, which has yeah. happened to everybody who has worked in that kind of an environment. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so then you can take the uh, the tickets. Um, you need to get a passport. Uh, to get photos, you have to actually fill an application for the uh, pencil company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy who's just waiting uh, there who's real miserable. That's, there's some well-observed humor with that guy. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, you can tell by the way he's trying to psych himself up that he's about to go in for, go in for an interview. But yeah. also the expression on that guy is kind of – I've never seen that in nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very funny. <laughs> The way that you, you know, if you go try to go into HR, you don't have applications. You have to pull an application out of the box mm-hmm. and uh, put your name over, you know, everything yeah. and come in. And then uh, they'll take pictures of you uh, for the next part of your process, which you then give to the fake ID guy. Yeah. Um, which you can then take in a limo. You say that you're Kiskel and take a limo to the uh, the private plane. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> you get to Brazil uh, just fine. But to get to the Faxon, uh, Condor, Castoroga um uh work site you need to take a uh, a final hop on this decrepit single prop plane piloted by guzman i love guzman guzman's great like guzman is extremely funny um you know as you're flying you know he just kind of like it's such a like death trap looking thing mm-hmm. um and uh you know there's a lot of jokes about that but then he finds out that you're not who you say you are they radio in um, which also felt like good and realistic too. Yes. Like, oh, this is a little easy, you know, <laughs> uh, he radios in and he's like, you're, you're my hostage. We're going to like let, you know, touch down. You're going to get arrested. So you have kind of the rest of the flight 
to uh, take care of Guzman. And he, even after uh, he knows that you're a fraud, he has this veneer of politeness. So you can't talk to him without using the on call button. <laughs> even though he's right there. Uh, he's right there. He's like, please use the button. Like, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, to figure this out, like you can you, you can talk to him uh, about just like, hey, it's warm in here. Can you open up that door? <laughs> Which seems like a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And he goes and opens that. And you can observe that when he opens it up, he holds on to a handle that's next to the door. So you look around and you MacGyver a solution. You loosen up the bolts with uh, a wrench and some navel jelly. Which so sounds... the navel, yeah, the navel, this was a little bit frustrating, this navel jelly to me, because I thought um, if you just made the handle slippery, it would do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I was like, why doesn't this work? Like, you, I do that and be like, oh, it doesn't need to be lubricated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this, sh this should work. Yes. But, yeah. No. Yeah, you actually have to loosen. Um, maybe if he touched it and it had jam on it, he would be like, hey, what's going on here? As opposed to actually loosening, loosening the bolts. It's a little fiddling. I just assumed it would be slippery. Like, you touch it. He'd be like, what's going on here? And then he'd fall out the window. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um also I didn't realize navel jelly is a real thing. I thought it was like uh like shin jelly from King of the Hill. Yeah. <laughs> no, actual thing. Um but you even ask him, like, hey, do you have a do you, do you have a parachute on? <laughs> he says, Yes, I do. Why? Then you kick him out of the door yeah. and then bang on his grasping hand on the door with a wrench. <laughs> yep. Until until he falls out of the plane. Right. Which is, which is pretty great. Um, you have no problem landing the plane yourself. Yeah. Well, Josie uh, lands and, it. Yeah, Josie lands it. She's, you know, she can fly a plane. Yeah. Um, and you land in this kind of uh, area behind a security shack by a hangar, um, and you're in the, the jungle zone. Yes. Uh, so you need to get a map from this guy who is radioing in. You can't just take it, and you can't just take everyone out. Um, every once in a while, you can try something that would be violent. Uh-huh. Like, you have, like, a pencil, and you're, like, use pencil on... This guy and the game will just kind of stop you, you know, from it, which I really like. Like, you're not just going to go stab this guy in the neck, you know? So, so either your partner will stop you, the game will stop you, or um, especially in this scenario, if you do something that will get you caught and killed, it actually plays it out in the narration and says, like, yeah, you know, that was a terrible idea. Um, but then it says, you know, to make this game easier, that all happened in an alternate timeline. Let's go back to before you made that choice. Yeah, before you made that mistake. It kind of Prince of Persia is that. Yes. Um, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, but in order to take this guy out, you need to, you know, you need to give him some nap time. You take a, um, uh, oh gosh, a push pin and some morphine from a medical kit. You combine them, uh, to make a sleeping dart. Mm -hmm. Um, so and, uh, and blow it through the, uh, the bamboo thing. So put him to sleep and grab the map. So yeah. you think can go into the jungle, um, go through the jungle to this ruin, uh, which is going to be this, this dig site. Yes. It, um, it, it is the temple to quite a chocoholic. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so it's probably a little bit insensitive, but extremely dumb. Yeah. Hard to be mad at. Um, this is the one where you do the Picross to get in. Yes. Um, here. Uh, I, I, I was into it because I love Picross with all my heart, and I, I've not seen a color variant like this one has, but I can see how it would be a bummer. I, I mean, I like Picross just fine. Yeah. Like, it's it's not about liking Picross. It's about, like, pacing. Yeah. You know, like, stopping to. One of the things with this Picross, too, is that if you do the, um, if you tell, ask it how to play. Oh, my gosh. It goes into a whole fucking textbook about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like a 16-page tutorial on Picross. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like about it, though, is that, like, I did, I did the Picross, but I was looking it up later because somebody was, you know, I was researching the game and people were talking about the game in general, is that uh, the hint button for the Picross just places a piece. Oh, nice. And you can just do it as many times as you want. Oh, that's good. So it's, it's optional, which I like. It doesn't yeah. signal that it's optional. Hmm. But I just there's just something about like switching into a gameplay mode 
that's this differently paced. Yes. That I, that I just didn't care for, but yeah, um, it is a fine example of Picross. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it, it is also good that you can select the difficulty of this. Yeah. Uh, yep. So it goes from 10 by 10 to 20 by 15 and then 20 by 20. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, so once you get inside, uh, the whole idea is that you're going to like perform this ritual and make chocolate. Yeah. Um, you go which, into the grove and find the cacao pods. Yeah. Knowing that you need to make chocolate here is not signaled very well. No, no. It's like not. It, it is the solution to this at the end, but we haven't had the puzzle yet. It's like yeah. we know the, the solution, but we don't know the puzzle itself. The, the, there, there is no explicit connection to in order to save this grove, in order to save this chocolate bean, you actually need to make you like make this. Yeah. Um, like when you go back, like at some point, Guzman shows up. Um, as you're as you're exploring this, and he's going to get Kiss Colin. The idea around this is you make the chocolate so that you can use that to kind of uh, um, you know uh, warm up his heart and make him yeah. you know make him not cut down this entire part of the rainforest uh, you know to make pencils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Um, but you don't know that, first, so no. it's, it's kind of bad. Yeah, um, you kind of go around this uh, this uh, temple doing these kind of minor puzzles to make them. My favorite puzzle in it is that when you uh, Take these two uh, stones that you got from solving the thing to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you open a door, and uh, the way you crush open the cacao pods is to put the pods on there and then take the stones out. Mm-hmm. So the door closes. Like so many things like that, um, like lock and key things in adventure games are one way. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't assume like, oh, I open this door. There's there'd never be a reason to close it. Yeah. You know, and and being like, oh no, I can actually undo what I did to make this door close and use that for another purpose. I thought was very clever. Yeah. I like that too. That, that, that stuck out to me as kind of the high point of this. Yep. And um, there's also, as far as making the, the chocolate goes, you get a, a brochure early on that she gives you that I missed, but it apparently has a lot of the instructions. Oh, I missed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so eventually, uh, Guzman shows up, he goes and gets Kiss Colin. Kiss Colin comes up and we've made our chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he's getting ready to arrest us, you know, forever. And we give him the chocolate bar, and it's apparently so amazingly good. Um, in the future, is this like controlled substance addictive chocolate? Yeah, uh, thing, and that makes him change his mind. Yes, um, yeah. and Josie goes and checks, you know, and makes sure like, hey, is this still around? That's where that's where she learns that it is a uh, a controlled substance. She also learns, yeah, Keskol, and he, you know, he lived for another ten years, uh, but he died weighing a thousand pounds. Yeah. Yep, he ate tons of it because he because he had access yes. to mega chocolate, <laughs> to ultra chocolate. But yeah, mm-hmm. you have helped out Josie by you know <laughs> by saving the very best uh, example of chocolate, something that she loves. So then, uh, so we're back uh, again. You can spend some time at Callahan's. Uh, now you have a chocolate bar. You can give everyone a taste of, which is very sweet. <laughs> um, but now it's time to do the worst of these uh, because with Squish, um, who is the alien cyborg who is talking to Mickey Finn, um, and you know, at first cannot speak to you. Mickey Finn translates, and then uh, he can speak. Yes. Um, in weird kind of foreshadowing, like this is a bad beignet but also i find squish sonically intolerable yeah so the the effect of his speech this is your edit so i will not i will not make you go and grab a sample the effect of his speech is somebody who's trying to speak like a fish a little bit yeah yeah 
Um, like it's yeah, it's lots of that, and it's, just, it's, really it's also got a little bit of this to it, a little, yeah. bit, a little bit of Marvel, Marvel mouth nasal list to it. Yeah, 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 really unpleasant. Uh, and he speaks very slowly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the joke around his character that he um, does not know the words for things in our language. So he uh, slips into these unpronounceable words that are just a bunch of consonants uh, is used way too much, uh, way too frequently. <laughs> it was not that funny the first time, but it isn't, it's kind of his entire thing. Yeah. Yep. And this is kind of a, a, a dire, you know, just again, following it pretty dire. Um, so his <laughs> whole thing, when you talk to him, um, he's like, well, the reason why he came to earth is because his species has been, his species has been observing the word ours and they installed this anti-testosterone satellite to suppress our aggression. Like we're not going to, you know, it's pretty, pretty standard trope yeah. kind of thing. You know, like we're too violent yeah. for space. Humanity is unpredictable. Yes. So uh, they've been sucking out our testosterone, uh, through this thing, creating, legions of soy boys no oh, yeah i mean that's, um, it's, it, i mean it explains a lot honestly oh yeah about, about you and me in particular soy. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. never and, and a lot of people listening probably yeah the uh you know and then it even like you know this sucks out testosterone to people but it's probably like you know when you go online and someone uh like post a picture of a building or something and you're like that's total soy mm-hmm it's probably sucking out the testosterone of those buildings as well yeah it's 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 sucking out the testosterone from concepts too mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like uh like empathy or compassion (laughs) too much soy yeah soy 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 um (laughs) so he's he's and he's kind of having second thoughts about that but he's powerless he's like essentially a flunky yes Uh, you know they they have kind of a hive mind thing going on the conclusion that he's come to by being around callahan's and just exposure to our uh kind of civilization he says subjugating a planet in the name of peace creates a false peace he wants you to help him, but he cannot specifically ask for help and he cannot yep. help you help him. So like he, in order to like get onto his ship to go up to the satellite, like he's like, Oh, I dropped my keys. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a shame if somebody rid me of this meddlesome priest? Like that kind of You're thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you kind of go around, you can talk to Noah, your buddy mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, he's like kind of an Indiana Jones looking fella. Yeah. And you're like, hey, are you up for an adventure? And he says, sure. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why he's coming, he's an electrician. Yeah, he's a, so he looks a like bomb Indiana squad kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a, it was a bomb squad guy. Um, looks like Indiana Jones, but really knows how to you know about wiring. Yeah. Which is a need. They say he's so good that he diffused uh, an exploding cigar that someone gave him and yeah. also diffused the person who gave it to him. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, you head on out. Uh, you hit the thing on his fob and get teleported up to the ship. Yeah. And and this is nonstop shit. Yeah. Uh, as far as puzzles go, like none of these puzzles are good. Yeah. It, um, so it's, it, it is incredibly bad. Um, the, really what you're doing is trying to discern the function of this alien technology. And it is entirely about pressing buttons with symbols and trial and error to kind of figure out how to make the mechanisms do what you want. Um, so in this game that is primarily about, you know, talking with people and dealing with just very charming scenery and, you know, just charming humanity writ large, right? What we do is we go to this kind of barren plane of existence where the game decides it wants to be missed for a little bit, which completely misses what is important and good about this game. 
Well, and also Mist is what's good and important about Mist, right? Yes. Like, yeah. I was trying to think about this and like why, because I typically like a urine, determine how alien machinery works. Yes. Is not a puzzle construct I hate. Right. And I was trying to determine why this doesn't work. And a big part of it is that those are very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Mist, when you go up to a panel and you're trying to figure it out, it'll be like a panel with like six buttons in a stark, austere room. Mm-hmm. And there's only a limited number of things it could affect. This game is kind of a uh, chaff based you know, uh, visual presentation means that there are tons and tons of buttons. You just don't do anything with, mm-hmm. you know, and there are just tons of things like tons of things that could react. Like when you press a button, there are a lot of things that could be different, uh, there because there are just a lot of things in general, right? It's not austere enough right. for this type of puzzle. Yeah. So this puzzle is incompatible with this game's ethos of presentation. Yeah. In, in any respect, yes. You know, and just kind of bad on its own, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so, I mean, thankfully, like, one of the things I like about it uh, is that Squish does say, like, you can't hurt yourself. Yeah. So, like, they, they, the game signals to the player explicitly, like, hey, the way you're going to get through this is through trial and error. You're not going to be punished for doing trial. Right. You know, those errors will not be damning. And that's, I like that. Yeah. Uh, other than that, though, what you actually do is pretty annoying. So, we start off this cockpit, and it's it's full of personality and kind of cute, which yeah. I, you know, I'm fine with. There are bodybuilding magazines and stuff, <laughs> because... which I think is funny for an alien race that's sucking the testosterone out of <laughs> yep. a planet. Yep. Also, uh, Squish is a slob, so there's all kinds of, like, food containers and stuff around. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love the idea that this uh, this ship is smaller on the inside than on the outside. Yeah, because they mess – and they, they draw attention to, to yeah. the trope. It's mm-hmm. like they understood that that thing, but they misused it, mm-hmm. The um, which I really like. Um, so very cramped. Um the first puzzle of getting the controls right just uh, ends up pointing at the satellite, uh, getting up to speed, and then docking yeah. at the satellite. Um, once you're there, you have to get past this uh, corridor um, that's filled with gas. Uh, that's kind of like a you know a delousing agent essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find a uh, an Eva suit, but you only have one pair of gloves for it, and it has four arms because of Squish. Yes. So you have to replicate gloves. Yeah. Um, this is annoying because the device that you need to that you need to use to duplicate it is just part of the background chaff and it's just called a something or other amid yeah. a sea of doohickeys and who's a what's like we literally something or other yes like that's not cool searching forward it's a bunch of the stuff that you don't understand is given nonsense titles yes so and it, yeah it also doesn't look like a replicator no like it just looks like a panel it's like a vcr you know? yeah yeah so it's like that that should have been more obvious mm-hmm um, you get through here, uh, you get across the, uh, the gas, you send back the suit on a conveyor belt so your buddy can get across as well. And then this is the most annoying thing to me is that you navigate this in first person. Yes. Uh, by pushing off the opposite direction of the way you want to go. So you can't just push at a door and say, Hey, go to there. Uh, no, yeah. it says you can't reach it. You actually have to like push off of these bumpers because it's anti-gravity. Yes. And it's not very complicated. There actually aren't that many rooms. Mm-hmm. But it just it gives the the illusion of there being a lot more, and it's very easy to get dor- disoriented in a way that's definitely intentional. But I just don't feel like added a whole lot. No, for me, no. Um, uh, something that is very annoying from a presentation standpoint. Every time you come across a roadblock, uh, it cuts to Squish kind of musing to himself. Should I have told him how to? Blah blah blah. Nah, he'll figure it out. Like yeah. it knows what this section is doing. It knows what this section is about, and it's saying like, "Oh, we're just going to torture you with this." Yeah, it's a kind of developer troll stuff. Yeah. I, I dislike it. Um, so, boy. Uh, there's a, there's a robot this, who's blocking the way. Yeah, yeah. this disguise puzzle, 
where this is really annoying too. Like you have to disguise yourself as Squish using kind of stuff you have around, and there's a weird order of operations to it. Yeah. Like Squish has contacts. If you put the contacts on, you can't do anything else. Yeah. So those had to go in last, but you also, you put on like a mask. So you'd think you had to put on the eye thing before you put on the mask. Mm -hmm. Um, You also, why can't you just wear the spacesuit? Yep. (laughs) You know, like there's a helmet on it. Yeah. There's a helmet on it. Like it's not, you know, so you're fairly obnoxious. Yeah. Um, You get, uh, get past there um, going through uh, doing these kind of puzzles to lock and unlock doors. Yeah. This Uh, is fun. (laughs) Yeah. This is, yeah, this is not good. Same, same kind of problem. Yeah. Well, also because you are affecting things elsewhere and there is no, there is no like, um, immediate feedback as to what you are doing. So like Noah, you know, like you get tools and you said Noah about fixing the machines, but because it is sucking the testosterone out of them, he loses attention and focus. So you have mm-hmm. to like find a way to, you, know, you have to find a way to, uh, motivate him. So you have to sick the defense droid on him. You have to open up the doors from a distance to get the drone to where he is at. I didn't, I didn't even know that was what happened. Yes. I just did that on accident. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it just took him a while to do it. Yeah. And the way that I went and did that, there's a funny Easter egg here. Did you go to the, the Easter egg room? I went, I saw a bathroom. There's a room that, uh, every time you open it and go into it, it shows you another, uh, legend game. What? Um, and oh. it's awesome. Like it shows you it in the, uh, it's what they have instead of, it's like their holodeck. Okay. But it changes your interface. So like when you go into gateway or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like gateway, like the fonts change that looks like a screenshot from that. So I didn't realize just... there were multiple of those. I went in and I saw what looked like a, like a strategy game and Jake was mm-hmm. like, I hate those things. And he, he, he leaves. I have no idea what game that was. Every time you go in, it gives you another game. Huh? And there's a lot of them. Like, <laughs> I think it does the entire catalog up until that point. Except I couldn't find companions of Xanth, which was like, is the legend game. Not the best one, but the one I played the most. Right. Yeah, um, but yeah, pretty oh, rad. Neat. So I like that a lot. Um, once you distract this this robot, uh, it's also confusing too because you get a weapon mm-hmm. uh, here, and it's like it, I understand the game wants you not to be violent, but you can't just shoot the robot, which would just like make so much sense. Yep. <laughs> you have to like damage some equipment to distract him. Right. You know, so it, it's fine, but just it, it's not very intuitive. No. So. <laughs> um, and it's a shame that this entire chapter is so bad. Because it has the single funniest moment in the entire game. Yes. Yeah. Because because he's trying to loosen the um the testosterone shoot or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, well, he's like, uh, he's like he working on a condenser. Like it is literally is physically yeah. sucking the testosterone out of our atmosphere, and it is condensing in these pipes. Yep. So he opens his pipe and gets blasted <laughs> with it. Like just explodes in his face with tons of testosterone. They show him like turn to a Hulk for a second, <laughs> but then you go back to the, the main thing and then you look over and he's, and you have to do it through the game interface. Like you have this 360 degree interface. You look over and he's like shirtless and oiled up uh, but he's still just, and, and like, like a muscle man, but he still just has his normal head. Yep. <laughs> and he's just doing the same like stock animation. Uh, and I, I was not expecting it and laughed very loud. Yeah. So it's way into it. I just love when he turns into a shiny bodybuilder. Yeah. He explodes out of his, his clothing and like greased up muscle. <laughs> boy. Uh, it's very funny. Yeah. So I was, I was way into it. Uh, I wish I had taken, taken some, some footage of it. Cause it, that's a good icon for somebody. It is very good. 
<laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, it'd be easy enough. You can get to that from the beginning of the game. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, throughout that process, you have disabled the, uh, the, 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 you know, disabled the satellite, the security system, like the mothership has, uh, has activated and is coming after you. So you have to um, escape, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so you have to do the entire docking, in navigation process in reverse and turn on the shields to break the tractor beam. It is hilarious because Noah is swole as fuck in sitting mm-hmm. next to you. Again, the same animations. Yeah. Um, they fly back to earth and everybody is uh, more virile and their lifespans are shorter. Yes. Yeah. And, and nothing really came of it. Yeah. You know, and I, st- I didn't talk to Swish, Squish again because I don't like him. No. So there's, there's a character there who is uh, who can't speak. There's a mute uh, on the ship. Yes, and you can you can talk to him, and he has a talking dog. Uh, this is you know I just I this to me like screened book character. Yes, you know like oh this is this is for book people. <laughs> um, yeah, you talk to him, and he's his dog's been missing. His dog's been kidnapped. Yes, um, it is his friend and business partner Ralph von Wow Wow. He yes. is a he is a German shepherd who happens to be able to talk. Uh, the patron's name is Joe, the mute patron. Um, yeah. And you know, Joe was just out buying some uh, <laughs> some toothpaste for Ralph when uh, some agents kidnapped him. Joe actually tailed them all the way to the Catskills, um, saw the base, and came back here for help. And of course, mm-hmm. Jake, being game, says like, "Yeah, let's do this." Yeah, I will help. Yeah, we're gonna go get Ralph um, back. Yep. So you head uh, to go do like, uh, you know, as far as the, the different genres these have had, this one is kind of the uh, like spy yes. one. Yeah. Um, you, know, you head off to the Catskills. Um, you end up at this uh, this government compound um, and there's a, a fairly clever, but also I think difficult puzzle that starts us off where you have to rewire a control panel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe goes and distracts. He gets his camera out. He's a photographer mm-hmm. uh, to distract the guard. And while doing that, uh, you have to go in and make it seem like the everything is shut down like let me it seem like everything's shut on while it's shut shut down right right yeah. um and so instead of like if you flip the switch you can't leave because jake says yeah well he's just gonna turn the electric fence back on um mm-hmm. when i you know when, when he comes back so what you have to do is you have to open up the panel um and rewire the thing so uh when it's uh, w- when the fence is off the the green light is on so you just reverse the signal yeah yeah yep um, it's signaled a little bit weird, like the way the things you do inside the panel. Yeah. Like flipping the wires around is a little bit goofy. It's a clever puzzle, but mm. maybe not signaled absolutely the best. Yeah. The, the, um, the interface doesn't serve it that well either. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, luckily, it's, there's no consequence. You can't fail. Right. Right. You know? Um, so. <laughs> also, something that is good about this chapter is the fact that all the tools that you need um, are given to you at the beginning as well, because mm-hmm. Joe has stopped at a spy superstore and got a, he got this backpack full of uh, full of spy goodies, your suction cups and your grappling hooks and wire cutters, uh, the latter mm-hmm. of which you use to cut the fence to get inside. I was expecting none of those to be useful. Like you were going to find <laughs> like rubber chickens and, and goofy adventure game stuff to, yeah. to do those things. But no, you use them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get into the fence. Um, you have to do a thing where there is a you have to block your view in by raising a tarp. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of get through, uh, and then you can get up to the the top of this wall. This is another one where they give you fifteen different options for <laughs> for getting past the wall, like blowing it up and all these things you can't do. But actually, you use suction cups to climb up into this vent. Yeah, that's annoying because the vent is invisible. 
Yeah, um, yeah. You just have to kind of uh, know that it might be up as- there. Assume that may- maybe you need to climb up this wall. Yep. Yeah. Um, this gets to a kind of an annoying section where it turns a little bit into like a first person dungeon crawl kind of thing. You're inside the vents of the facility. Um, and you can, you have to put on these, uh, uh, night vision goggles. You can navigate and look through the, 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 the vents on the floor to get some flavor. It's like, oh, this is where they faked faking the moon landing and such. Like, mm. this is just a massive, you know, mega conspiracy. Uh, what you're trying to do is find the place where Ralph is, uh, is held. You can blow the dog whistle and he will bark so you can determine which direction to go, but it is still a big shitty dark maze. When you get there, uh, you realize, okay, we need to find a way to get the, uh, the agents to leave. You have to go back through and turn off all of the fans that you've been passing, uh, to heat up the room so they will leave. Well, the, the, there's a little bit, they hint at this a little bit just because when you try to use the dog whistle, if a fan is nearby, mm-hmm. um, you can't hear the dog. Oh. And your guy will say, hey, you have to turn off the fan. Hmm. Um, so, like, mo- by the time I got to that point, most of the fans I'd already turned off. Okay. Like, almost all of them. I just had to go turn off the final three. Yeah. So, it, it more or less made sense to me. And the, it did, like, the, my guy had said it, like, it was stuffy. Hmm. So, like, this this made sense to me because uh, I'd already been doing it. Yeah. I guess my problem isn't so much with the uh, with, with the puzzle itself. Um, it's just mm-hmm. with the fact that it's a kind of a shitty maze. Um, yeah, it's a first-person maze in the middle of the game. Like, it is yeah. changing gameplay modes to a different type of game yeah. in kind of an annoying way. Yeah. Um, once you get down there, you, you can sit down and you can talk to Ralph. I love Ralph's voice. Mm-hmm. I was expecting him to, like, talk like a dog or something like that. but No, he just has know. a German accent. <laughs> yeah, he just has a German accent because he's a German shepherd. Yeah. Um, so you have to dress up as one of these cops and make your way out. Right. Um, you know, you, you pry open the lock with your driver's license to get out. They're trying to make it seem like the, the base is crawling with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you never see anyone else. No. You know, this feel this is the one out of all of them that I feel like was cut short. Yes. Because we're almost done. Like, this this is incredibly brief. This is the briefest one in the game, mm-hmm. actually. Um, he won't leave right away because there's another person in prison there. Yeah. Um, when you actually go there, uh, and there's a really funny joke in this, too. <laughs> when you go to a door, you can be like, hey, Ralph, like, can you smell this door and see if anyone's behind it? And he starts kind of padawaning you, <laughs> you and telling you to like he you uses do it. it as a as a as a teachable moment. Yeah, to teach you to smell better. Yeah, well, I mean, and it he, also implies that he has been teaching you to smell better this entire yes. time, and like yes. this is his test for you. <laughs> it's really great. Like it's yeah. pretty cute, and it's not like it's not arbitrary. He says like, yeah, I'm not going to let you get in trouble. This is just a good opportunity. So let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's very uh, you know in the yeah. middle of like a kind of a serious vignette. It's gentle and funny. Yeah. And also, um, like, this is in 1997, uh, which is probably the last possible time you could have made this overt of a Star Wars reference without mm-hmm. it being just fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. yeah. So you eventually find your way to, you know, what Ralph is kind of here to look at. Uh, his sister's here. We find, you know, we, we find where Tina is being kept. They were separated when they were very, very young. Um, but you know, he's super happy to see her and also he's going to be an uncle. She's got puppies coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, both of them talk to you. There's a really cute scene. You put them in a, uh, in a, uh, like an elevator. Mm-hmm. The word I'm looking for. It's not an elevator. It's like a, a crane. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a cherry picker, uh, to get them out. And yeah. it's just like this really great close up on two nice looking German shepherds. Um, <laughs> you can pet and, them and they're super grateful for it. Yeah, they love it. Because like anything that's an animal actually likes it. Like nothing mm-hmm. is like, like, no, I'm not an animal. Same yeah. thing with the wolf man. Of uh-huh. course they like it. Yeah. Um, so essentially you have this sheet of passwords and you have to give this order to open the door uh, over the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the final puzzle. Once you do that, uh, you can you can escape. Yeah. 
and that just kind of takes care of it like it's all pretty easy yeah i like the role so i you know just i've i'm partway through the first book uh and just in reading more about it ralph ralph's character is kind of cool to to me because he is like a moral test for people at the bar like if they can recognize and respect ralph as a sentient being and you mm. know, treat him as another human that means they're gonna be a good fit and you know they will belong there and if they can't fuck them right yeah fuck them like don't disrespect that dog Um, the final one uh, that I did, but the, the second to last one you did, uh, is this guy shows up there named Alfie, who looks like he uh, is a children's science show host. <laughs> yep. To me, he's got he's uh, got a real children's science show host mustache. Yeah, like real real goofball looking guy. Everybody kind of doesn't like this guy. He's a con um, artist, like from the books, I yeah. guess. He is he, like he he's a time traveler who comes in and just takes takes advantage of people. Yeah, he's got a time sled. Yeah, um, and a goofy hat. Uh, here but he's in trouble because he's taking a drug that makes him psychic and he can't filter anyone's thoughts out right he hears everyone and slowly driving him insane right uh so he's uh, going he's going full on early years of professor x yes right. yep and you you say like essentially like you know do i really have to help him and everyone you know says like you know it's up to you you know would you feel good about it if you didn't it's like yeah. you know no mm -hmm. like it's inherently valuable to help people yeah even if they're kind of assholes yes so. Uh, so you knock him out for his own kind of safety and sanity. Uh, use the morphine. You give that to Callahan to make a Mickey Finn for him. Uh, mm -hmm. Not the gigantic lurch guy, but, you know, the actual knockout drink. Yes. Right. Um, yep. You search him. Uh, you search Alfie for a piece of paper that has the word civic circled. Um, well, it's, part of, it's a recipe. Yeah, it's a it recipe. It's like civic dill, you know, civic something dill recipe. Yeah. This is a clever puzzle because every word in that sentence or in the name of the recipe is written in letters that are Roman numerals. Yeah, it's all caps. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, so that's a code to unlock the uh, to unlock his time sled and point it to where he came from, which is 2120 uh, in Shady Hood, which is what uh, which is what New York was renamed to. Importantly, yes. also, like part of his whole time traveling grifter act is the fact that he has a helmet that will hypnotize people. Uh, yes. that is useful later and it would yes. be very strange if we mentioned it without uh, without, without setting, it up. setting it up yeah yeah then you get out your hypno helmet <laughs> which you've had this entire time yeah which is you could have bypassed a lot of these moments yeah um so this is this is a great uh like dark future i love this yeah this is really clever and fun like the whole idea you and when you get there you say like oh this is nothing like what william gibson said it would be yeah it's like all uh, clean a, and yeah but it's a much more mundane like morally bankrupt future mm -hmm. um you know you you end up in this alley uh and you learn like essentially this drug this drug that alfie took is this uh viatrazine yes and this allows uh everyone to hear what everyone's thinking yeah and most people are fine with it like mm -hmm. the, the the way that humanity kind of works outside of like the grift and crime mm-hmm like the drug is not the reason why the future is terrible right it's because it's run by the people selling the drug mm -hmm. you know it's not like the the fact that like oh if everyone could read everyone's thoughts it'd be horrible because of x mm -hmm. it's more like hey the businesses are just fucking crooks yeah <laughs> you know and they're and they're shameless and fearless and that's the problem right like a lot of people actually get by just fine on boyatrazine mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and so. it becomes like a social necessity, like it is laid out later. Like it's not, it's not that it's physically or psychologically addicting. It's that it's socially addicting. Yeah, that because if you're the only person who can't do that, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah it's like, a really interesting idea. Yeah, I, I I love that as a concept. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, um, and your buddy, so that you learn also your buddy is, uh, you know, one out of every so many people uh, actually go insane from it. So yes. most people are fine. Your buddy is going to go insane. Right. Who's not your buddy, but the person you're you're here to save. Yeah, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of this exposition from a guy who's in a similar position to Alfie. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he just kind of uh, collapsed in, the, in an alleyway, but he doesn't want any help. Uh, there's also well, he's, he's in a, he didn't. Alfie just took it and is going insane. This guy's been taking it for years and years. Yes, there. like this is this is what happens after you've done like centuries of it because yeah. people live a long time here too. So yeah. Um, there's another guy here who end up dealing with, he is kind of a former associate of this organization that is running the world through this drug. His name's mm -hmm. rat's ass. Yeah. yeah. Rat's ass. He has a, he has a personalized license plate for it too. Yeah. Funny. Um, and his, his voice acting is very strange. It was kind of a sticking point for me because it sounds like he's halfway doing a Jack Nicholson, but also doing a bit of a stereotypical, uh, Scandinavian accent. Mm. A little bit like it's halfway between those things. And I can't tell exactly which of those he was trying for. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a weird accent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he also, we learned um, from Alfie before he left the guy who uh, created this Dr. Duplicitous. Yes. Uh, and so, and he's kind of like a Voldemort figure. Like nobody wants to say his name. Yeah. For tax reasons, he cannot be acknowledged to exist. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. But you yeah. talk to rats as, and he, you know, he says like, Hey, you don't say that guy's name. People don't No, You don't say that guyy's name because people don't <laughs> just, you just don't, mm -hmm. you don't. Yeah. Um, you just don't. Yeah. Um, however, rats as you know, he will tell you how to reach the doctor because he was in the organization. However, we need to help him out. He gave something up as collateral, uh, his mm -hmm. kidney. Um, and yep. he wants to get it back because he's sentimentally attached to it. They've been through so much. He yeah. says, I wrote my name in the snow with it. We got kidney yeah. stones. <laughs> yeah. Me and this kidney yeah. got history. Knowing that he has kidney stones is part of a puzzle solution later too. Yes. Um, so, uh, essentially you go into the, uh, the organization. You can't get the kidney uh, cause you have to be a member. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to have a proper uniform and she kind of sizes you up and gives you a villain look like you need to have shades of ponytail and tattoo <laughs> uh somebody needs to sponsor you and you have to harass somebody like one clear completed harassment fill out this form so yeah. this is like codification of, of petty crime yeah and also the fact like being part of the organization it's it's like joining a university they give you a class schedule and things like that yeah this, this is the most like adventure uh typical adventure game section of the game like the being on the street here yeah and stuff feels very adventure gamey to me mm -hmm. like oh like i need to get that tattoo there's a tattoo shop or there's a tattooist uh practicing on fruit um to to get that in order to get money for that uh there is a uh, a glazier a guy who is fixing red asses car <laughs> yeah because um, his uh, his windshield is completely shot up again because he's on the outs from the organization yep yeah. uh yeah. and he uh he got to steal out of his back pocket his glass cutter and what's awesome is uh when you steal it and try to give it back um you know he gives you a reward and his he's reading your mind uh-huh but is confusing it with his past yep like he keeps getting confused and be like, no, no, I'm sure that like, uh, you know, you saw somebody take this out of my back pocket. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like confused about reading your mind. Yeah. Uh, which is it's really clever and weird <laughs> the way this guy talks. Yeah. Um, but then you, then you get that money, you go to the tattoo artist. I love the tattoo artist too, because uh, you go up to him and he just says, let me guess. You're going to ask me about, and then he lays out the eight different things you can ask him about like in order. <laughs> yeah. And then that just pops up on your screen as things to ask about yeah. like immediately after. 
Um, they also play with the interface on that. So either people will uh, cut you off um, mm-hmm. with what you were going to say when you talk, or the options are going to be laid out with just like the first couple of words. So like, but what, who is, yeah. et cetera. And they answer and the question before you get it, it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you, you pick out like any of these tattoos and he says, well, if you want to look like the organization, you want to get this um, barcode tattoo. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what all the toughs have. Uh, turns out that they have it to uh, to, to check out easier at the commissary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cute. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he puts that on your wrist. Uh, in order to get your harassment, uh, you have to go to this restaurant called Hom Cooking, mm-hmm. um, and it is a cannibal restaurant. Everybody is eating all of these dishes yeah. that are you know named after you know people or parts of bodies and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you you ask him. You're very polite. Like you say, like, hey, you know, can I harass you now? He's like, actually, I'm in the middle of wash, lunch rush. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, when would be a good time to harass you? <laughs> oh, like you know, after that. And you go, okay, I'll come <laughs> back then and harass you. Yeah. Um, you know, because you're you're a good person. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, it's cute. <laughs> so you buy some ice cream for a punk. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because well, because you know, the punk wants to. The punk is awesome. Like. You talk to him, he's just like this crazy like anarchist and just wants to blow everything up. Uh, the dialogue with him is very funny. Yeah, he's throwing, um, he's, he's throwing uh, firecrackers in the middle of the street. Yeah. Yep, and he will give you a stink bomb uh, in exchange for uh, the ship uh, for some chocolate. Yes. Or for some, for some ice cream. Yeah. There. Um, yeah. So you have to try to pick the lock on the ice cream cart and the guy will come over. He hands you the ice cream when you hand him mm. the chocolate. There's, like, there's a lot of back and forth around this. But ultimately yeah. you get that stink bomb, which will clear out the... Uh, which will clear out the <laughs> the restaurant, the outdoor mm-hmm. part of it. Um, uh, yeah, this dialogue with the the waiter is great. Like you, you you say like, "Hey, give me your stuff," and he's like, "That's that's no good." Here, grab my grab my lapel, <laughs> grab my lapel and shake me a little bit. You know, he like, tries to walk you through harassing him. So, <laughs> and like every time, uh, every time Jake has a, has an idea of what to do, it's really just like schoolyard bullying stuff. So he gives him noogies and wet willies, yeah. whereas this guy is just beating the shit out of himself. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah. And also to get the glasses, you need to uh take some glasses off of a statue and then use the uh the glass cutter and um some tinting uh that the guy gets. Mm-hmm. It's kinda dumb. Like the, the, yeah. there should just be a some shades you can get. It's not like shades are outlawed. Yeah, they just added some some puzzle. Only outlaws you know, maybe, have shades. But they didn't yeah. Just add a puzzle they didn't need to. Yeah. Um, when you get in there, you can open up the, the kidney, but the, the guy who's kind of guarding the fridge stops you from walking off with it. So you need a decoy kidney. Um, when you go to the, uh, the, back to the cannibal restaurant, cause you know, they eat people, uh, they attempt to give you a, a skank and kidney pie. Uh, <laughs> but it's all, they only have enough for, uh, they don't have enough skank. Mm-hmm. So they have to, uh, just give you the kidney. <laughs> he's like, we're not going to open up a whole new batch. <laughs> yeah. So you just take this kidney and it's in a, it's in a kidney fresh lock jar. Yeah. They give you a bunch of options and, you know, we don't want to say every joke that's in this. My favorite option, though, you can order some creme goulet. Yeah. (laughs) Is it made out of of real? Yeah. Real Robert Goulet? It would have to be. um, (laughs) Yeah. Pretty gross. Uh, So you swap out the kidneys and there's two of them. You have to find the one that that makes noise when you shake it. Because it's got kidney stones, which is very like how kidneys work. It's very funny, though. Rattles like a paint can. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but you give that back to Ratsaz and he gives you the code, which will get you up to the labs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and in the lab, there is a like Dr. Duplicitous is in a like think tank, mm-hmm. essentially like Dr., uh, Mr. Fantastic. 
um, you have to uh, do two things. You have to hypnotize his assistant um, to move a uh, chalkboard to see a formula behind it, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty clearly marked. Like they have, uh, you know, that there's something behind there. Mm. And then open up the thing where Dr. Duplicitous comes out and all of a sudden this game kind of has a villain. Yeah, he's from a different game. He's it's kind of awesome. That's great. Like he's he's really scary. The voice actor is really good. Uh-huh. Um, um there's a thing where they describe how he had a uh, plastic surgery so it always looks like he's looking down on you. Uh-huh. Like his forehead, like they moved all the parts of his face higher up above his mask. <laughs> so he always looks like he's like staring down at you, like deranged. Like it's he's pretty great. Like Dr. Duplicitous, I'm yeah. down for. Like Um did did you notice that his voice has like a little bit of reverb on it too? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to yeah. make him sound extra menacing um yeah. and also like the visual presentation like he's always wearing a face mask um like a like a doctor's like surgical mask um and he's bald so like everything about him just screams villain and you can yeah. never actually like discern his expression yeah yeah he's he's real great yeah um but his uh his motive you know he's the inventor of oyatrazine uh his motive for doing so was to end hypocrisy and deception he was just sick and tired of having all these supplicants uh, who were too supplicant. Uh, he didn't want mm -hmm. yes men, you know, like, yeah. the, you know, it, like, I don't want people to tell me what I want to hear. I can tell me what I want to hear. So he wanted to kind of enforce this honesty by making everybody into an open book, but it just made society's problems worse by shifting it around. Like yeah. that kind you know, that, that kind of honesty um, is not necessarily um, the solution to the problem he had. Yeah. Well, and also he just runs like a, Oh, yeah. you know, he's a also terrible. a villain. Yeah, he's also a villain. Like, you know, it, it, uh, so he says, like, hey, you know, I sure I'll help your friend. Um, there is a, a substance like that. You know, he says an anecdote doesn't, antidote doesn't exist. You say, yes, it does. There's a substance called P3. It's this kind of special um, adrenaline your body makes uh, only as a result of emotional pain. Yes. And he says, yeah, if you can give me a source of that, like, I'll, I can just drain it from you. It'll be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll make enough antidote for your friend. Um, and you just say yes. And you immediately cuts over to you being strapped to a table uh, during this thing. And like all of your options change, like whimper and beg yeah. and stuff um, as he's manipulating your brain, uh, you know, at this low angle. And it's just like really great. Like, mm -hmm. It's not like terrifying, but it's like close to, you know, as close as this game gets to being terrifying. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's heavy. It's, it's, it's very creepy. Like they're like, there's yeah. an element of body horror to somebody like reaching into your brain to, you know, try and extract and milk this thing. Also the yeah. gigantic spike sticking out of your chest, uh, yeah, leading yeah, to this yeah. bottle that is filling up. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so you have these options, you know, to, you know, to whimper, beg, plead, etc. The trick here, you know, the way to, you know, fill up this bottle as quickly as possible is to show him a picture that has been in your wallet this entire time. If you have tried to examine it um, before, you know, b before this, you can see that it's a picture of a woman and a small child. But Jake says, yeah, I'm not ready to talk about this right now. Yeah. And he there, there's an annoying interface thing here. Uh, previously, when you wanted to give somebody an inventory item or uh, use it on something, you would click on the inventory item. The game would kind of remember that that's active. Yeah. And then the next thing you click on, it would work on. And that doesn't work for this. I thought my game was broke. Oh, yeah. Uh, from here. Yeah, because I couldn't I just couldn't get him. Like I would try to do that, like try to give him the picture. And it kept saying you can't reach the picture. Mm. Like you can't reach your stuff. Yeah. Is there a I'm special like, is there a special verb that's activated when you examine it? You you, you click on the doctor. Oh, it's part yeah. of like the doctor's interface. Weird. It's like show to doctor or something like that. And then you click the item from your inventory. It's really weird and silly. Like, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, it's not like I was stuck for hours and hours and hours or anything, but it was annoying. So, yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. But this, you know, in order to extract all this P3, Jake tells his backstory, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of says like, yeah, you know, so here, so here, here's my entire deal. And this is very affecting because it breaks style instead of being presented in the hyper detailed sprite art of the rest of the game. This is footage. It's FMV footage of like this happy family together. Of like the actors they would be based on. Yes. You know, cause everybody looks like they're clearly based on, on a real person, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, yeah. And you learn Jake's backstory essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, he had fixed his car, uh, but he didn't do a really great job. He gets to an intersection and he tries to brake. Um, he can't. And they crash into a tractor trailer. Um, and uh, because like fuel leaking or whatever, his wife and child like burned to death, like fuel leaked on them and they were on fire and he was pinned. Yes. Uh, yeah. So he just like could not move. They were so dead. I kept screaming at them to move, but they were so dead. Yeah. Um, the, vo- the voice acting in this is very, very good. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically because it stands in contrast to the Jake, you know, the kind of um, straightforward Jake we've been seeing. They kind of hang out talk. Jake. Yeah. Can hang out Jake. That's good. And, and there are many and, different jakes and in general the two jakes there's two um <laughs> in general that the the voice acting in this game is really excellent yes you know but th- this is definitely kind of above and beyond yes um no. so yeah like he decided at that moment that he wasn't able to go on they used a, a chainsaw you know to, to to get him out of the out of the car he actually leapt at the he, he leapt at the chainsaw with his wrists uh but the doctor you know who saved him i think that might be doc actually um, hmm. the doctor who saved yeah. him after he tried to kill himself, took him to Callahan's and just over the course of these, you know, 20 or so years, he kind of learned how to want to live again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, and the doctor even says, uh, Dr. Duplicitous even says like, why didn't you kill yourself? Yeah. You know, he's like, why well, I did, you know, I, you <laughs> yeah. know, I tried. Um, so yeah, pretty great. Like to get, to kind of get this, uh, this backstory. Yeah. Uh, of him. And this obviously gives you enough P3. Right. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, when you get back to the, uh, uh, the roof, uh, of time, he's like, you know, he's like, you think you've done something <laughs> good, but time. No, the roof of time, the roof of the time machine, the, uh, the doctor says like, no, actually I've got the time machine now. So I'm going to go throughout time harvesting P3 mm-hmm. from people. Um, and he dials in the Spanish inquisition to go get a bunch of emotional turmoil from people. Right. Uh, but the, uh, and when you get back, Alfie is like, you just let history's greatest monster <laughs> loose throughout time. Right. You know, and he's like, no, he doesn't have the code. Right. Well, Jake like, offers it to him. He says, like, hey, you're going to need this. Uh, and, doc, you know, Dr. Duplice says, like, oh, well, why would I need a recipe? And he just goes. So, yeah. like, there's something like billions of combinations that would be needed to activate this machine. So he has gone to the Spanish Inquisition and will be stuck there. And that, that's the, the, the final one. Uh, when you, you know, you've, you've completed them all. Um, as this happens, the biker guy who's there, he clears his throat, uh, goes to the chalk line to do a toast. Everyone knows what this means. And he makes his toast to humor. Uh, everybody throws their, their glasses in the fireplace. Yes. And he announces who he is. This is a, a being called Parabolus. Um, and he's been following you and kind of observing, you know, Jake's kindness specifically. Right. Um, and yeah. he reveals that he is the creator of this universe. He is one of many beings that exist outside this plane and create these universes uh, for a purpose that we're going to learn about later. Um, turns out that our realm is named Raymond. 
mm-hmm. which, in, which in his language means big mistake. That is very yep. funny. Um, yep. And he says, like, yeah, like your universe is due for cancellation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is here. Like he came here looking for um, some way to demonstrate um, a, a, an aspect of infinitely redeeming value, which would kind of circumvent this cancellation. And he thinks that the humor he has observed is something that his race can learn from. Yeah, there is something unique. Yes. You know, not necessarily in terms of like how big it is, but just something that is like unique to Earth. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, um, um, all of these, you know, all of these universes are simulations and basically they're running them like machine learning. Um, yeah. To look for these traits to spread to other universes and also incorporate into their own. You know, and this is where he makes his grand observation just about the role of humor in human society. There's something very resonant saying people go to great lengths to, you know, torment each other with it and bring joy. You know, it's used for pleasure and torment. It's medicine, basically, is yeah. what he has figured out. Yeah. Um, so he, he disappears and leaves this bottle of green liquor on the, on the counter, um, which we're going to want because we're going to, you know, it's, it's very similar to like Hitchhiker's Guide or whatever. Yes. Like we're going to be loosened up for this trip. <laughs> um, everybody, you know, it, it's very like kind of sweet. Like everyone does a shot of it, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone toasts again, uh, to the, with this green liquor. And then, uh, when they wake up, you wake up in this void ruin, like beyond space and time. Yeah. Kind of um, like Callahan's place has been ripped out of the ground and kind of brought into this swirling multicolored galaxy next to you, like a gigantic uh, Roman or Greek uh, kind of like pantheon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you have all of your companions so far with you. Yes. Like who are all there, who are there for commentary or for help or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you get into this endless hall of doors. Um, I don't really like this being here. Yeah. Like, I get that it's, it's the finale of this very specific kind of puzzle right that this game did but like i just i don't know like why is it here like it felt it felt so gamey mm-hmm. in a section where like the pace needed to pick up yes like it felt like stuff. we were rushing to a climax and this felt like a like something yes. that just kind of slowed a stumbling down. block on that way yeah, yeah, you just yeah. have to be really careful once you introduce like the final threat like <laughs> everything that you introduce between you know the player and dealing with the final threat costs twice as much yes you know like, like it is like, yeah. why would Parabolus want to put this test in front of you? It doesn't, like, lead to anything. The whole game was a test. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so you, you do this test where you look at the, uh, each door has, like, a sign above it, and you do one of those little rebus things again. Yes. Uh, 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 mime Other says, Toothpick, Thief, airy Best, One. Right. My, my mother says to pick the very best one. Yeah, yeah, the end of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. Yeah. Um, you get into Parabolus's office, which is really fun. Um <laughs> so they're gonna you know and there's all this like it's again very hitchhiker's guide yeah like this you know human life in terms of bureaucracy yeah um i love this too because it made me think of the good place as well Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. uh but they're going to you know just like it turns out it's an energy problem they have enough matter but uh you know keeping our suns going you know there's a cost and they've got this bureaucracy around it so they're going to turn out the suns stop time you know so we're not going to feel any pain as they recycle all of our energy and turn it into lawn furniture yeah, yeah. Ext- extremely Douglas Adams. Yes, as a thing, um, you can kind of check out the other universes he has. He has other ones yeah. uh, that he has a stewardship of, which is kind of fun. And like, look around his office. Yeah, uh, which is fun because you just had to kill some time for a little bit. Yes, here because um, they're they're setting you up so you can do the puzzle later. Mm-hmm. Um, after you kind of do that, you go to court and you actually have your hearing um, against an evil. Uh, critter who I don't understand why he's quite so evil. <laughs> you know, he's such like a villainous little goblin named Gingrenich. Yeah. I, um, like, I, I, I can't help but think that maybe, like, is he modeled after Newt Gingrich? Maybe? 
Maybe. I just, that, that, like, that's what I, I don't know. Maybe that's that could be name. a reference to something I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can remember when Newt Gring- Gingrich was considered like as bad as it gets. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, he kind of was one of the main architects of why things are so shitty today. Yeah, he's super terrible. Yeah. But just, it just felt like the idea of this making fun of him just feels like a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it's a kind of quaint almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like this entire thing um, is set up like a like a TV court show. Like there's a guy, like there's a host even who says like, and now presenting so-and-so. But you're yeah, trying to- Yeah, people's him- court. Yeah, people's court. Yeah, the music even like kind of quotes it. Like it's people's court, court, court specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're trying to kind of impress upon this panel of judges that there is something of you know infinite redeeming value from within your universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Parabolus so, gets up and you know as an advocate saying like, hey, um, you know we've seen this concept of friendship, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, friendship, uh, humor. You kind of present these things in order and give bits of evidence to it. So like for friendship, you give the uh, dog whistle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, like, you know, these two, commu- you know, and he says, well, that's just a, you know, an animal can react to a sound. That's nothing. And he says, the whistle, you know, that your dog, Brian Ralph says, I hear the sound, but I react because it's my friend. Yeah. You, you know, know I, I don't go because I have to, but I go to my master because, you know, I'm not my master, but I go to him because I want to, you know, I want yeah. to be near him. Yeah. Uh, they, you give him the chocolate bar to show that, like, you know, this species went and saved this other species, even though we can't talk. It's really interesting. It's framed not as like saving the plant, which no one actually cared about. Mm-hmm. But that is, you did save a living species, yeah. you know? And then uh, Gingrich kind of rightly says, like, actually, that's not true because you did it because chocolate brings you pleasure. Right. Like, I don't agree that altruism is non-existent in general. I do think in this case, like, you weren't doing it. <laughs> it was, it was a bad plant. example. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad example. <laughs> You talk like, but but like Gingrich goes like way you know, way 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 beyond and says like, oh, nobody helps anybody. And like Piotr says, Mother Teresa, known hedonist. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. So so you bring you know you the final exhibit is humor. You know we're the only race that goes these kind of disgusting lengths. You know which the game has done a bunch too, like a mm-hmm. lot of like really grown worthy puns mm-hmm. uh, to make other people just kind of explode in this positive energy. And Gingrich, uh, during this time, if you watch in the background, he talked to his assistant who teleported yeah. away comes back and says, actually, this is not unique. One of my pet universes, uh, which is very small and efficient, it's called Flutwig. It has humor, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all check it. The judges say, well, you know, that's it. That's a death sentence for a universe. It's not unique. Uh, Prabhupada is very pissed. He doesn't understand. Uh, he just leaves. Yeah. And you're just kind of left to kill time. You're, you're stranded. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's extremely awkward. Like, you're just in this place beyond time and space while your universe is going to get shut down. Yeah, well, your universe is shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone is, is frozen, you know, while they... Uh, so it, and, and actually loses mass. Some of the mass gets recycled, which is really great. <laughs> like it lost um, about a third of its mass, but everything you would measure it against is also reduced by a third. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it just balances out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not really how that works, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> a, a scale with one third of the mass does not measure differently. Um, but you have to go back and figure out what he, he did. Um, you go on the computer and, uh, where it's playing sim universe <laughs> and you, uh, you put in different passwords. You can learn that Gingrich, uh, bought a share. Yeah. Of humor. Yeah. Like, uh, on the open market. Like all of these concepts are presented to you and every, everything in this is like, we're, we're showing this to you in a form you'll understand. Like yes. the, the entire stock market kind of metaphor it like, like that is just a construct so we can understand, but like what they were doing, what they're doing is, you know, trading things of value, you know, these billions and millions of things. Gingrich has gone in, like he basically hacked. Um, mm-hmm. and so you have to like get his password from his, uh, from his notebook by doing the whole pencil drawing kind of thing. They even say like, Oh yeah, you know this from a movie um, yeah. and, and go in and actually like reverse the trade. 
Yep. And change the password. Yes. So he can't come in and reverse it again, which is clever. Yeah. Um, and once you do so, uh, you can go back and tell the uh, the one remaining like court officiant mm-hmm. who's there and be like, actually, you know, and first when you say like you come back and you're like, hey, hey, Gungan is cheated. He's like, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen here. And you're like, no, we have proof. He's like, no, that concept doesn't happen here. Like mm-hmm. things either just happened or they didn't. Right. You know, there isn't, that's not really a thing. Like it's not about the action that brought you to the thing. It's just whether it's true or not. Yeah. You um, know. Uh, put differently, there are no rules just right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then you, you, you head back and he says, okay, you know what? We're going to banish uh, Gingrenich because <laughs> you know, he, he did this. We, we know they did it. Um, we're going to send them to your universe. We're going to send him to yep. Raymond to learn just a little bit of humility. Yep. 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 Which we like the idea of there being more of these games where he's like in the bar. Mm-hmm. sounded really great. Yeah. Um, and then you head back to Callahan's. Um, you kind of talk and you, know, you you reflect on everything. Eventually, Parabola shows up and he's like ashamed that he disappeared. He like, you know, he's your friend now, too. Again, in mm. a very good place. Yeah. That's way. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame that he left and abandoned you. Yeah. Like it, like it was by inhabiting a human form. He was given some kind of human indiscretion a little bit. He says, you know, these bodies have a surefit of physical and spiritual noise. And Jake mm-hmm. says, don't you know it? Yeah, um, but everybody forgives him, you know, because that's just the kind of place this is. Um, and it is such a good place that the panel that we impressed upon before, they're like, hey, why don't we do this? They appear at a table and they toast like, mm-hmm. you know, you know we, we have brought the creators of the universe into the fold. Yes. And Callahan's place goes on as usual. Yeah. And that, that that's the note that it ends on. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very like, again, very optimistic, very sweet hearted. Yeah. We're just so hopeful and sweet. Like, uh. yeah. Yeah. It's great. It touched me in a way that like other hopeful, sweet games often don't. Yeah. You know, like I didn't, you know, I, I, uh, the, the, the infamous non-touched by Undertale man here. <laughs> I, I don't find that game to be hopeful and sweet. Right. I find this to be very hopeful and sweet. Yeah. You know, um, um, and something that makes this work, I'm not saying this is absent from Undertale, but something that is intrinsic to this is that there is a little bit of that edge to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is not just 100% sweet and saccharine. There's stuff, there's stuff provided for contrast, be that things that happen in Alfie's future, uh, things that happened in your particular past, uh, mm-hmm. you know, different kinds of corruption and, you know, small mindedness that just happen to, you know, derive from people being too burdened from people not being able to see clearly right mm-hmm. and that is there and presented as something to be surmounted and the sweetness and hopefulness comes from that from that surmounting and and from the effort of doing so yes you know yeah which is just you know very like very resonant uh to me as an idea very very well expressed um part of it also uh you know when you say that that edge is there it's really i don't want to have this described anyone's gonna think this is like you know, a comic about two naked eight-year-olds who are in love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not toothless in any way. No. Like, uh, and it would be bad if it was. Yes. That would ruin it. You know, um, it's not toothless. It feels real. It just does a good job of framing everything through this perspective that, like, it is surmountable. Like, no matter how bad it is, it's surmountable with people. Yes. With people yeah. and humor, and that will do it. That And, that, and that, that's the thing, you know, something yeah. that I have come to value and maybe i've always valued this but i've recently learned to put a word to it is this is a very humane yes work right just it it, it is about humanity and the best parts of it in a very in a very clear way yeah 
extremely clear. Like that clarity is another thing. Just contrast this with other games that I think like attempt to drop all these themes and do it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, like earlier when I said like it doesn't have that space god craft and they're like very much as a space god. Like that's extremely important. Yeah. You know, I've had people argue to me, uh, and I'm not. This is I'm definitely not calling out anyone specific, and definitely not you because you're you're a fan for many reasons, and this is not violence to you, Cole. But people who have like gotten to arguments with me about Kojima mm-hmm. and about the Metal Gear games talk about how humane they are. Right. right? And like, even if I buy the idea that there is at the core of that, like a hopeful, good message, mm-hmm. there's so much cruft right. around it. Like the genre is wrong for it. You spend so much time just doing dumbass shit yeah. in those games that don't lead to the theme. This is not only is this just very resonant, it's extremely focused. Yes. Uh, and that is such a it's, it reminds me again, like, it, you know, it ends up being the perennial example I use for good game. But like torment right uh-huh. like the one of the reasons why torment is so good is that like it has that theme and everything leading up to that game you know with the exception of like a couple of combat bits but like everything that happens thematically is underlines it mm-hmm. you know it's all about these identities like every time you meet somebody it is about the, you know the traps that we've laid for ourselves by our past selves mm-hmm. like what defines us as people yeah every single encounter uh yeah. does that uh, that's what this is, except in an adventure game form. Yeah, what we, and what, that's rare. That's extremely rare. And it's it's when games feel like they're poorly paced or just like losing the point. That's what they're missing. I yes. feel like, uh, you know, it, it, it is a problem of imprecision of language. Where when we can we can talk about the value of clarity, we can talk about the value of directness, and that could be interpreted as a call for simplicity. I mm-hmm. believe that simplicity, you know, is a value, but. More, you know, something that is more important than minimalism is appropriatism, right? And yeah. so when you know when we talk about this being direct or being clear, this is not a simple thing. It is incredibly complex. The thing is, it achieves that clarity um, alongside that complexity because every element of that complexity serves. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and that is, that is re- that, that is what's required. You can have something that is intricate. You can have something that is, you know, multifaceted or multi multi-parted. It's just that every part of that has to work toward what you are trying to say. And to make that happen, you have to know what you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to have uh, a really clear kind of thesis yeah. for this. And, and it's, it's doubly subtractive when it doesn't. Right. So like when you have something, uh, you know, if you have a game that you're trying to say a statement and that game, like if you broke it up into 10 different parts, mm-hmm. every part of that that doesn't contribute also takes away. Yeah. You know, it is it is it either stands or it doesn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not a question of just like, oh, you know, uh, if you ignore like this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it does for, you know, it does for some people. Right. Like that is a personal Metal tolerance. Yeah. That's a personal tolerance. But. To me, like just the time that you waste and you spend like not being in service to that theme, just there's the opportunity cost in addition to the cost yeah. of that. Like you could have underlined your theme better. Right. For that. You know. And like this game is just like a master where like like really, really good at that. Yeah. You know, if, if this were like if this were had the puzzles of like Thimbleweed, mm-hmm. this would be like, you know, probably my favorite adventure game. Oh yeah. Like if it was a little bit better in the mechanical sense, this this would have dethroned you know, uh, Thimbleweed and Maniac Mansion and Gabriel Knight, like my, my favorite adventure games. Yeah. Like, like it, it has earned its place in, in a pantheon for me. I don't know about the pantheon. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, it, it, if it did more than just speak to me on a very personal level, uh, yeah. then it would, it, it, it would, it would transcend. Right. Yeah. 
Yep. And and this kind of uh, you know, I would I almost prefer something to in this genre, I prefer something to have kind of substandard puzzles mm-hmm. than to have confused theming. Yeah. Because again, you know, the fact that this if this had been any other type of game that could have dealt with this, it wouldn't have gotten it, it would have been harder to round up. Yeah. You know, again, just an adventure game is just so easy to get past the bad parts. Yeah. You know, so it just I'm just kind of left with this like very resonant, emotional, very like kind hearted, sweet game. Mm-hmm. You know, so that has given me a lot of ideas uh, to kind of roll around and carry forward, you know, mm-hmm. 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 conceptually yeah. fertile. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I'm really glad that we got a chance to play it. And thank you, Nick. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for going with us on this journey. Yeah. Yes. And here's a you know toast. Throw a we some glass. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could create create some kind of hazard for people who might be barefoot. Um, yeah. And I want to kind of like lay this out. People who've listened to this may feel like they have experienced this. We took a real whistle stop tour through it. You know, remember back yeah. toward the beginning when we talked about how dense this is, about how joke filled it is. I think that this is still worth googling and putting in the work to figure out how to play because there could be, you know, a laugh line that we just didn't see or didn't stick out to us. I think that this is still very much worth experiencing, even if you have already kind of heard our, our distillation of it. I agree. Yeah. I guarantee that there are things that if you, if you, if you're at all open to the sense of humor of this game, then we didn't name everything. Right. The you'll think is extremely funny. So, um, well, uh, well recommended. Yeah. Strong recommendation. Um, and it really feels good to like do like an unqualified win. I know, right? Like, we, I mean, we did we did in July. We had unqualified wins as well, mm-hmm. you know. But th- this it just feels like it's just like man, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, after this next uh, episode, I don't anticipate being an unqualified win, but no. I, I'm still enjoying myself so far. Uh, we are doing Gabriel Knight Three, uh, Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned. Yes. Uh, the final entry in the Gabriel Knight story, uh, the one mm-hmm. where they jumped to 3D uh, to their detriment. Um, I'm struggling with it. Uh, Gary, we need to talk when we're offline about ways that I can get around that. (laughs) Not not any Gary, we need to talk in a way. I just, I just need some before I play on it. Okay. Yeah. 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 I get, I'm not, I'm not super far in it. I can help with it a little bit. I played it when I was a teen too. So, okay. Uh, um, but that is the last part of our, uh, of, of our auteur adventure month. Obviously Mm -hmm. the the auteur there being Jane Jensen. Yes. Yep. Uh, after that, we're moving into October, uh, for spooky town. (laughs) <laughs> um where we will be doing uh, what what's excuse me is a uh, first is the poll yeah the first is the poll um yep. and that poll has not ended yet so i cannot say uh what we are covering mm-hmm. but it's uh it's themed around indie horror mm-hmm. um so there's a, a poll up on patreon uh, we'll talk about patreon in a minute mm-hmm. um after that we are doing kind of a collection of short horror games kind of like a uh you know, uh, four or five very short experiences to talk yeah. about those individually, like a compilation episode. It is, it is our micro horror episode. If you're familiar with our other special episodes about things like arcade games or um, interactive fiction, I, I imagine it's going to be a little bit similar to that, except without the kind of historical part of it. Yeah, just just kind of going through a bunch of shorter experiences where there's not quite as much to talk about. Yes. So, uh, and then after that, we'll be doing uh, Night in the Woods. Yeah. Um. The uh, the socialist adventure game or adventure game. <laughs> yeah. Um, people have asked if we are going to cover the kind of prequel adventure game that goes along with that. Uh, what is that called, mm-hmm. Gary? Uh, Lost Constellation. Lost Constellation. We, we're going to make it a game day decision as we get there. It's possible that we will talk about that in the micro horror episode. Yes. I, I think I still think we should. Yes. It's short. 
Like, I think it, it, we should probably do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, we have cool things planned for November. Hmm. Um, what, the listener response episode, uh, which will, will come out the, la- the last episode in September, we will talk about November. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Patreon before. That is the primary way that this network is supported. You can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, look at the offerings that we have available uh, there and, you know, give whatever you see fit. Uh, you know, what you think we're worth and what uh, fits into your budget. Yes. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Yes. Uh, makes a big difference and you get a, a lot of stuff kind of back for that. Yep. Um, in addition, you can rate and review the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell people about it. Tell people, uh, you know, to listen to it if you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, we see when that happens, people do on you know, and people on Twitter will be like, "Hey, I'm looking for a podcast," and yeah. people say our names, and we appreciate it. Yes, absolutely, we do. Yeah, um, yeah. Check out and other shows on the network as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as always, you know, mm-hmm. head over to duckfeed.tv and just kind of explore. Yeah, just poke around. It's a cool place to hang out. Yeah, it's a cool place um, for nice people. It's not, the, the website's not cool, but it leads to the Slack. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Which is cool. <laughs> yeah. The uh, eventually through a series of of puzzles, at least to the Slack, <laughs> and then it's good. Yes. Um. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, I guess that's probably about it. I think so. Um. Until next time, what should people watch out for? Watch Entropy? out for watch out for pain dog. Yeah, pain dog. <laughs> pain dog. Um. All right. Good night. Good night. <laughs>